Yeah, check, 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 check. We're live. We're live. We're we're in it. I need. Yeah. Is there are there earbuds I can There's use? There's earbuds, and you can get those headphones Ooh, off of there. Actually, those are actually really comfy. They're like an old jacket. Oh, I love jacket weather. Oh, That's a favorite year. thing. Holy shit. This, yeah, fucking summer just clocked out right yeah, at the end of the fuck shift. Summer, didn't, I know. It didn't fucking fuck stick around. I, turned it right fucking I am not staying late. I turned exactly. on the heater this week or last a week ago. I Dude, the New River that. Campground is packed to the fucking rafters. Do really? Do I need to change which input mm, or output? No, I don't think so. I think those should work is it always? right off the bat. And then the rafting season is like super high this year. Yeah. I mean, they're murdering it this year. That that uh, Everything gets tangled up. That this, national park fucking classification has just put Fayetteville on Easy Street. Pretty like much. They're, yeah, they're not. They're never gonna have to worry again. And Summersville is in line too. Shit, they're they're killing it too. Probably Summersville will screw it up. Yeah, they always do. I'm surprised. Yeah, uh, they nice. have Golly Fest there just outside of Summersville, like on Camden. You guys played there. Uh, they have it at uh, Memorial Park, which is not inside Summersville city limits yet. Mm-hmm. They'll change that. Yeah, and they have like this big party there every year for Golly Fest. Whenever they expand the city limits of Somersville, kiss that shit good motherfucking yeah. bye. Like after Golly Fest this year, so they hadn't had it in a few years, and they had it, and it was it was a good turnout because they hadn't had it in a few years. Was there like 5,000 people at but watching a, you guys A bunch play? of locals on Facebook were complaining about, I heard they found needles and all this <laughs> stuff. Oh, God. <laughs> Raptors aren't heroin addicts. No, they're not. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I fuck, You know, I hate old school West Virginia sometimes. Like it is what it, it is. Sometimes it's good. Like people love their state, yeah. but then they have the idea what the state should be and its complexion and all that yeah. stuff. And then we got these new group of people coming here who love it and really love it. And I feel bad that I'm in my forties and all of us talk about this. Mm-hmm. We shit on our own state until we were in our thirties and forties. Spend a good amount of time shitting on this place. Yes. Yeah. And now I drive home sometimes and are moved to tears by how much I love my home. That's gay. But I- it is. <laughs> but I do it anyway. I do. I mean. You're, I have been a couple of times. You're a mountain mama's boy. Sometimes I got yeah. I turned you down a little bit. Aaron Hello. keeps keeps the mic way too far away, so he, he inhales it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes Hello. I get a little bit and uh, I'm playing disc golf or on a hike or something. I was like, it's fucking weird that we get to live here. Like we get right. to see all this every single day. You Driving just walk. Yeah. Out in the woods. Well, driving and see through a deer. Well, and the thing about it is, I hate to say this, but it's the truth. We are compromising that by becoming what we're becoming, and that's okay. Yeah. We're gonna have to give it. It's it's some give and take, you know. This fucking basically basic libertarian utopia we have is going to go away to a certain degree. It's not completely uh, libertarian yet. Yet, wait till this guy runs for office. Well, <laughs> God. You're, you're like a Ron Swanson. You go there. <laughs> Excuse me. I've, I've got five more minutes. <laughs> JMO, if you care to join me. <laughs> Chuck. I can't. I'm just not good at that. <laughs> no, I'm not running for office. I have no desire. You're to. like an Elron <clears throat> Hubbard and. Elron, uh, yeah. And Elrond Swanson. <laughs> 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 I might put that down. Elrond Swanson. Swanson. <laughs> God. Isn't there a character, Elrond? Elrond. Elrond. With a D. Yeah. I was thinking of something along those lines. Elrond Swanson. You guys want to talk about the Rings of Power show that none of us have watched? I haven't watched any of it. I haven't Not watched it at all. I mean, it's getting 
it's getting panned by the internet critics, but the the uh, mainstream critics, it's got like an eighty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes and like forty something on. From the little bit that I watched just there, that was some of the most horrendous fucking dialogue I've ever heard in anything. It's just so bad. It's fan fiction. Is is basically the people that made the show? It's said, Fifty Shades of Fucked. I guess I'm just 50 shades of fucked up. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. That's fan fiction. <laughs> it's in that kind of company. Did you know this? That uh, 50 shades of gray is twilight fan fiction. Were you aware just, of this? No. They just changed it is. the names. It is. They just changed the names and made a new book. Wow. And sold millions of fucking books. Wow, and that's how I, I and that and that's how I separate people. Do you like Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah, can't be your friend. Fuck off. It's a bit droll, if you ask me. Droll is that the right word? Droll is funny. Okay, it is kind of funny then. It yes. is. <laughs> uh, but you're thinking of a bit gauche. A bit gauche. Yes. A bit gauche. <laughs> In case you're wondering who that strange voice is, that is JMO. Hi, Internet. <laughs> Hi, both people that listen. Adam, Adam, and maybe one other person. John Will Shatter. He listens. Um, John Will Shatter's uh, in uh, The Jerks. Or Jerks. I jerks. don't know if there's a the at the beginning of it or not. Um, I told you I got in a massive, like, cuss-out battle with somebody on the on the punk Reddit over that. Really? Yeah. Because he's just making fun of the name. over the under, Of the name Jerks? Yeah, he's like, well, that's like the Circle Jerks. I'm just like, dude. I was like, for one thing, you haven't even listened to them. He's like, why would I want to listen to that? You know, he's basically casting aspersions at West Virginia, too. And I, for four paragraphs, told him to go fuck himself. And it was, you know, a waste of my time, but a good palate cleanser. I mean, the name, a name doesn't matter. Pearl Jam is a stupid fucking name. Kind of is, yes. But but, but they make it their own. It's like Tyrion Lannister says... Take something that people throw at you and yeah. make it your own, and then they can't use it to hurt you anymore. The Beatles is a stupid fucking name. That is fucking dumb yeah. as shit. If Beatles if, with an A. <laughs> if a band, the caliber of, uh, let's, I can't think of a band from, if Creed was named the Beatles, we'd all be like, that's a stupid fucking name. Yeah. And if the Beatles were named Creed, we'd be like, Creed is the greatest band of all time. Does Cre- Creed deserve all Creed, the hatred? Creed deserves more. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> That's a good fucking debate topic. I, they became like the poster child for oh, I hate that band. I, th- that Nickelback kinda, doesn't. That went a little, no, I don't feel they do either. I, that went a little too far. Like Creed's first album, Human Clay, or I, My Own Prison, My yeah, Own Prison was a decent. But they, I mean, I, I, we all liked him to begin with because don't do not say that. I did. not. I'm saying the royal <laughs> we. Okay, you know, I mean, I, it was fine. I didn't hate it. I don't think they're one of the worst bands of all time. Like the uh, who is the worst? They band are of all fine time. musicians. Who's the worst band of all time? That is that is like popular. Let's let's get into oh. that. This is a musical group. We're talking. Um, we're uh, talking people that can like that can barely play their instruments. No, 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 and, no, no. no, no. Just, I'm like, talking just, about that are shit bands. I've never heard a song that I Kiss can stand. Is who I was going to vote for. But they have songs that you can stand. That's Beth, yeah. Hard Luck Woman, yes, Rockin' on Detroit Rock City. There's at least four. I love it loud. That's a good I, song. I'd say Lick It Up. <laughs> the video alone. Have you seen the video for Lick It Up? Yeah, okay. I was going to say Damn you're it. going to. I was wanting to get his tr- honest reaction. I think Kiss is <laughs> overrated. 
as far as the quality of their music. But if you were a, a 17 year old, whenever they came out, you might not think they were overrated. Well, no, because they got they got this the spectacle, but just the music itself, I don't think it's as it matches up to the spectacle. I think the Misfits are overrated. You're probably right. I've never really listened to them. I mean, I, I like them fine, but being a person that I, now I've been in the punk thing for a while now, you know, not all my life, but I think long enough to have an opinion. I think that I like the Ramones better than I like the Misfits, and the Circle. I mean, the uh, Sex Pistols. I like not at all. I mean, I, I think they're right. I like Anarchy in the UK. Well, that's a good song, but they don't they don't do the best version of it. Megadeth has a great fucking version of Probably. it. Probably. Um, um, think of just horrible, awful, terrible bands. Like, I do hate Creed. Alter Bridge is... I hate them way more. Yeah. They're like... Because really, they were just Creed without the, the shit No, it was singer. Days of the New. What about... It was... That's a shit band. What Days about of the New was Acoustic Soundgarden. Is so fucking. What about bands like? I found a reason. No one needed excuse. Chevelle. That's a fucking. Or a couple good ones. Yeah, I like them a little better than the ones I'm getting ready to say. But like Five Finger Death Punch. Oh man, good choice. Not a redeeming quality. Seether or something. If I, I can tell by the okay when I'm going into the weight room. This is not. I'm not casting aspersion at the person, but I can tell by their vehicle. What kind of music I'm going to hear when I hit that fucking white? <laughs> it's got a Blue Lives Matter sticker on the back window. If We're it is going a to be jacked up five truck, death I'm hearing Five Finger Death Punch, and I and I bring my earbuds just in case that happens. That's one of the reasons I work out like two o'clock in the morning, so because I, I know I don't have to deal with that shit. And they're perfectly yeah. fine people and nice. Yeah. I mean, I like them. It is like bad music. Yeah, I mean, and I but I, and I'm so polite. I don't want to tell them. They just have bad taste in music. They probably also like Nickelback, and Nickelback has some songs but that are good. Sometimes they, they like. Sometimes they'll like like old country that's good, mm-hmm, like um, Hank Hank Senior Senior Hank Hank Junior, Hank Junior sucks. has some songs. He's garbage. He's got some but, songs though. I mean, but at the same time, then there'll be the, and and I hate when they try to draw me into it because then I have to sound like a snooty douchebag. But just by being honest, yeah, you like my five finger death punch? No, I don't like them at all. It's not my thing. I mean, that's what I say. But then if they. If they take the hint and and take the L and walk away, that's fine. But if they're so committed to it and keep at it, then you really have to tell them why you hate it. Maybe they'll turn on some Tyler Childers. Those Tyler that's Ch- a good fucking Tyler choice. Childers. Sort of he can bridge the gap. He bridges that gap between butt rock and and shit country. country like yeah. he has like real he, he's real also, country uh, gospel even Sturgill Simpson. Sturgill Simpson yeah. can get there too. That's one thing. I was in danger of losing the room one time when I first started at the plant because the music, I, the, the people hated it so much. I was like, wait a second. It was going to be start to become a problem. So it's just like, wait a second. Here's what we're going to do. I was like, we're going to find a, a, a common denominator here. And I threw on Sturgill Simpson, and there were three men in that room who became instant Sturgill Simpson fans. They're like, they, they thought what I was going to play was shit. You know, you get that vibe. They're like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. going to fucking hate this. And then they do this. Like, yeah. What? Yeah. It's like, yeah. what is that? I'm like, I told you that Sturgill's. It's fucking country. I like music. that. It's real country, motherfucker. Yeah. So, you know. That's a fucking Kentucky boy born across the river on the wrong side of the river, right side of the A lot tracks, of dirt apparently. on his strings. A lot yeah. of dirt on them strings. Um, I'm th- trying to think of terrible bands. I don't know any bands from the last 20 years. I think years. Five Finger Death Punches. Weezer yes. after the Green album. No, come on. I want to fight them. They were they were good enough in the early days that they get a pass. Yeah. yeah. The Blue Album gives you decades of passes. I guess. Because it's so fucking good. Um, Dishwalla. 
No, you can't do that because those are the, those are bands that were just you know. You want somebody that's had a nice long career? Dishwalla might still be hitting up fucking Third Eye Blind State Fairs. No, but they're they're actually good. Third Eye Blind's first album is a masterpiece. It is, and then uh, <laughs> second album's pretty good too. I mean, they're not. I like Third Eye Blind, but I'm talking about. I think Five Finger Death Punch. Death Punch is my vote. Yeah, that that for, epitomizes that yeah, kind it's of just thing for me. Butt rock, fucking dick swinging, gut strutting, fucking garbage. overproduced musically. Yeah. I like, told you guys about um, uh, Pat Finnerty. He does the What Makes This Song Stink show yes. and What Makes This Song Stink podcast. But he's made he made a song. It's a butt rock song called Dead, or he calls it Scum Scumbag rock yeah dead man's trail and he made a song he does parodies like songs and let me guess it took off and the name of the fake band that he made up is tortured agony that sounds like tool it won't okay that's gonna say going down on a dead man trail gonna drink some liquor gonna wake up in jail See, I can hear, I can think of 20 people off the top yeah. of my head. This is fucking awesome. Who would fucking love that? As a matter of fact, I think I might have heard I think this. the next line is crazy. But the next line's the one that's hilarious. <laughs> I I hear you, brother. Break me down. It goes into this part. Let me <laughs> it makes a lot of sense though well, here's, uh, the, here's the thing one second he um he made like he saw that uh fucking machine gun kelly put out a pop punk album and he's like so i gotta do this pop punk thing and he has like a simple plan it's called a simple plan on how to because he wants a hot tub <laughs> how to right. get himself a hot tub so he made his own pop punk he's got a pop punk ep yeah that's getting airplay and the name of the band for that is August is falling and it's getting airplay. Anthony Fantano, the needle drop guy is getting ready to review it. I think, um, is he, in, I'm going to feel so bad if I like, I'm it. not sure if Anthony <laughs> Fantano's in on it, but it's like a pop punk emo thing. Uh, August is falling. August is falling. Seems like I've heard that before. Maybe it's just so like, it's just one of those names. Yeah. And, he made a fake man. He did all the stuff himself. Um, he took emo pictures off of the internet. And one of the people that he that he found a picture of is a fan of the show. And he's he's officially in the band now. And I think he can actually play. But it's a whole EP of fake songs that he made. The Simple Plan EP. And the first song is called August is Falling. And he went into a real studio. He's friends with Dr. Dog. He goes into their studio. He uses all the familiar chord progressions. It's a pretty standard punk bass line. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really generic. Yeah, and it's getting airplay. Yeah, that's. I, I feel I feel really honestly good about myself that I don't like that. Yeah, he made us. This was the lead single called "Mad This Summer." He's good enough at that. I can see a lot of yeah. fans of that genre not knowing. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he knows all the all the chord progressions that they use. He might even have a one six five seven four or whatever one five six. I don't remember the the numbers for that. <laughs> Wait do we get to the chorus. You're gonna hate it. <laughs> I love it because it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> he made this fake band. Right. Here's the chorus. You hear how he said it? Even on a Saturday night. See, you know what I feel really I bad about, though, is that it's, it is in the, the same ballpark as one of my favorite bands, Teenage Bottle Rocket. I mean, they do have a, it's, they, 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 there is similarities, you know. But I, I love Teenage Bottle Rocket. I mean, I think they're funny and they're, you are know. They, are they, uh, I, well, I can play modern, one. Let me, let me get my, bands. Let, let me get my uh, Kindle and I can play a song. And we can compare and contrast. Like this is the uh, the cover of his album. He's got the little frowny face. He's selling merch, like, and every all the fans are in on it. Like all all the people that watch his channel, anytime somebody like posts it, they're like, I've, I've loved this band since '96. They went on tour here and here and here, and since nobody even looks up to see if it's real. They just some people just go along with it. Yeah, everybody's in on the joke. Okay, which song should I pick? It has the the breakdown right here. So sad, so sad. But I will say that a lot of good punk songs have a good breakdown. Yeah. Of course, yeah, but that's not good. The pick scrape coming into the yeah. last chorus. Is there anywhere we can put that on what we're recording? Yeah, one of the. I don't even know how to do it. The one of the punk songs. One of the. Well, one's like punk. One's like new wave punk. We can throw it in there somewhere. Okay, let's see. This guy's so fucking funny. You hooked up? I am. Let uh, me make sure I'm, I'm turned Giving up. you a little bit of uh, volume. I'm turned all the way up. So. Okay. All right, so uh, let's just go to favorite punk songs. There's a, there's quite a few uh, in that. I'll play a good Teenage Bottle Rocket song. Um, I know I'm taking too long. Are they a modern band? Yes. But they, I think they've been around for like 20 years. They have. I mean, they, and they, oh, here's a, okay, I'll play uh, Skate or Die. That's, you know. Which was a great video game from the 1980s. It's a great song. I mean, I love that song. See, I don't like the, here, that's the reason I don't like this app, because sometimes the, it'll just flip on its Is own. that the Amazon app? Yes. Yeah, it kind of sucks. Okay, here we go. This is Skate or Die. I got you turned. Where's it coming? Come on. We had this problem last time, remember? Give it to me. There we go. Should no? <laughs> Why does it do this? I don't like that. <laughs> it says no internet connection, and that's not true. That's not true. 
This is fucking ridiculous. I got it. Okay, there you go. We could, I could have just done this the entire time. I just want to see you fail. Yeah. <laughs> so that is a teenage bar rocker. One four five. One five four. We're gonna win. We're making skate a fucking better again. One four five, I think. It's like a four CD, right? Five. Back to one. That's a music theory, baby. The auto. See, you know, I think of this as punk. What he, what he was making fun of was like the emo, like right. But there are similarities. Yeah, there's definitely a similarity. Like I mean, they have guitars, they play the same sort of chords mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, but you can tell they're not taking themselves very seriously. Well, they never do. Like they have a song yeah. called uh, "Why the Big Pause," and it's a joke. It's a bear. Uh, a bear walks into a bar. Said, "I'll have me a beer," and it goes, and it just keeps going. <laughs> it's like and a shot of whiskey and there's like why the big pause I mean it's fucking hilarious they're, they have a song called Maverick where they're we'll talk about that later yeah well I mean that's a great song no not the song did you watch it oh yeah it's fucking good isn't it it might be the greatest movie that's ever been made nah, it I was mean, so much fun it's good but it's, I mean, it's really great <laughs> it's so much fun the western Maverick yes with James Garner of yes course. I mean the original show <laughs> yeah <laughs> I made the mistake of wearing my grass cutting shoes and my feet are fucking awful. Yeah, I like this. I don't yeah. hate this at all. You don't like this? No, I don't hate it at all. Okay. This isn't as emo as like the fake band. Well, no, but and that's pretty much the the realm of the bands I like. You have uh you have some that are more uh like Face to Face is one of my favorite bands. I mean they they're they're really a, I love them. Um, Teenage Bottle Rocket, Face to Face, The Last Gang. You know all these bands. Oh, here's one. There, this is one of Pat Finnerty's favorite bands. They're called the Chats. They're Irish, I believe. And I'm just going to play the first song on their mm-hmm. list called Smoko. See if you like this. One, two, three, four. I like that bass line. Yeah. I. Like already from this, it's not as overproduced right. as some of the emo punk. It's more raw. See, I like I, I in in a good punk band. I I like that driving baseline. I mean, that is a something that'll catch me immediately. So. So let me set the scene. It's two in the afternoon at thirty-four degrees. The Queensland harsh summer heat. I, mean, I think they're Australian, aren't they? The they sound Australian. That's definitely Australia. Yep, Queensland. See, that's more Sex Pistols-ish. They have an album called Get Fucked. (laughs) Well, I like their attitude. Yeah. Let's see what the second one sounds like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that a lot. I like that. That's good. Let me try this one more time to see if it'll play. I've restarted the... It says no internet connection. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know what... It's NetGuerra 36, right? Yeah, should be. 
and it and it's saved on the damn thing. So I don't I don't get what's happening. Is it because you're black? It's it. That's what it is. It says connected. Hmm. I mean, just keep going. I'm not under his own name. Anymore. Pat uh, Pat Finnerty only has one song on Spotify. But he he plays as a touring guitarist with a bunch of other bands. But I really like the one song he has. I think it's pretty good. What's the password? Little Vase. L-I-T-T-L-E-V-A-S-E. It's either 44 or 144. Try 44 first. The numbers. (laughs) I like it it already. It says I'm connected now. I just want to get to the chorus of this one. I really like this song. I love the big guitars. Yeah, it's a, it's a very big sound. It's one of the reasons I love. Remember when we listened to uh, the loved ones? I played yeah. them. Like, they have a really big sound. They're a trio. That's one of my favorites too. All right, you can play the thing you were wanting. Let me to let me try this just one more time. See if it'll work. No, I don't get it, man. It won't work. That's really odd. Hmm. Other shitty bands. Um. Um. Parliament Funkadelic. They're not. Bad. Never got them. I like them. No, they're fine. I don't hate them. I like funk. It's just not really my type of music. Um. Starship. Yeah, were much better as Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> yeah, I mean they were just so much cocaine went into all but their they fucking did, decisions. They did make the world aware that we did build this city on rock and roll. They were caught up in the hoopla. And they were knee deep in Sarah. They were knee deep in the hoopla. Was it Sarah? Sarah. Yes. And those are good songs. They are fine songs. <laughs> you can't like you, when you have a couple songs like that. You're like, okay. They also wrote, "Don't you want somebody to love?" So right. What are you gonna do? And um, it's in every Vietnam movie. White Rabbit. Or yeah, yeah. There's there's nothing wrong with most like I could probably listen to a lot of their catalog and be like yeah I get why people liked that back then yeah but you know like the, as far as bands I absolutely hate like it's Five Finger Death Punch is one um, the Eagles I don't like I do not like the Eagles I'm I'm like the dude in that not even a little bit a lot of people, I hate the fucking Eagles man I've heard a lot of people <laughs> say they hate the Eagles I mean. It, okay, let's let's let's. But we have to make this. I think you'll agree. With they me. are fine musicians. They are. They're good musicians. I like Glenn Fry by himself. I like uh, who's the drummer. Um, <laughs> I like him by himself. Don yeah, Henley. Don Henley. I liked him by himself. Joe Walsh. I wish he was my dad. Yeah, he's but, a great guy. But I like, mean, as far as the Eagles' music goes, I don't think I like any other songs. But I just. I don't, and it's, and I think it's not necessarily even the bands themselves, although they suck. It's their fans. Five Figure Death Punch and Eagles fans are both shit. I mean, they just, they don't know good music, really. They, they, you know, I I can't stand somebody who gets into something surface value only. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just, they just listen to the singles. Like, there's nothing wrong with the greatest hits album if that's what you want to listen to, I guess. Tyler Childers is kind of going to, Go through something like that now. Yeah, he has the one song that everybody likes and loves, uh, "Feathered Indians." Great fucking song. But 
whenever you go to a Tyler Childers show, the bros and the the hoes are all screaming out, "Play Feathered Indians, play Feathered Indians." And he probably he won't probably won't play. And it, it might come to a point where it's going to be like um, a wagon wheel. Wagon wheel is a fine song. There's nothing wrong with that song. But I can only have it screamed at me so many times when I'm trying to play my own songs. Right, wagon, right. You know what and I, mean? I heard the original band play it. I heard I've, Old Crow Medicine Show yeah, play I have it. Too. And it was fun. It was They're a good song. great band. It was, had a lot of fun at that show. Yeah. So. But Tyler Childers did this thing. He put out an album last week. <clears throat> it has three different versions of each song on it. Mm-hmm. And it's almost all gospel. They're almost all gospel songs that mm-hmm. he wrote. And I'm not sure that his, which might be what he's trying to do is separate his fan base. Right. I know um, Father John Misty sort of did that. He, he, put, w- he put out an, a long meandering album with long meandering songs that I personally like. Yeah. But those bros in the crowd might not get into a nine-minute song about why he moved out of Los Angeles. Right. I mean, um, <laughs> Tyler Childers, his, the bros and hoes in his fan group might not get, in, get into a, a fucking... 24 minute set in the middle of his show that is nothing but gospel and praise music. Sure. Is and he an actual Christian or should it just because yeah, he likes He's the, from a holler. Well, he, sure. He went but, to an actual church. Like right. A, one, he has a song called The Old Country Church on his album. And you can, I don't know if he's religious anymore. I think he might have gotten sober or something. But he might have did a conscious thing to where he's going to try to separate people from his new music. Pearl Jam did it. it what, was, which but, album did they do that with? Vitology or Vitology, depending on how you pronounce it. I remember that. They yeah. just made the the songs. The album still has a bunch of great songs on it, but in the middle of the album, they did a bunch of weird shit. They did like a five minute song where Elvis or not Elvis Eddie just spelled out privacy for a while. P r i v a c y is priceless to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then the last song on the album, Hey Foxy, Mop Handle Mama, that's me. It's almost like a, a Revolution Number no. Nine type song. It's weird, and there's no music in it, really. Right. You know what I mean? I get they might have been trying to separate themselves from the being famous. They quit making videos. They quit being on MTV. They quit all that stuff. Well, and then you had those people. I'm tr- I'm paying attention. I'm just trying to you figure out. You notice how I make everything come back to Pearl Jam. It, true, but at the same time, I know what you're saying. And again, I'm paying attention. I'm just trying to figure this out. Well, I'm not even paying attention. But I'm but I'm saying, they're, I, Jeremy's masturbating. Jeremy's drawing swastikas and what, and he's drawing the Prophet Muhammad. It's crazy, <laughs> nonstop. He's drawing five different Muhammad's. Muhammad's. One of them is uh, hentai style, which is weird, <laughs> <laughs> with tentacles and everything. Yeah, he's got a tentacle going up his tuchus. <laughs> Jihad to go there, didn't you? Hey, hold on a second. I got a soundbite just for that. If you'll excuse me, I got to pull up the soundboard. That's pretty great. Yeah. It's good. it's loading. <laughs> it's loading. We're perfect. This is a bit. We're so perfect. This is part of the bit. <laughs> the loading process is yeah. part of the bit. We don't lose any momentum at all. Say that again. Jihad to go there, didn't you? <laughs> they get it. And then you edit it in post, so. <laughs> but yeah, that might be what Tyler, or maybe Tyler just wants to make awesome country gospel songs and have three different versions of them on his album. <laughs> it's 24 songs. And it's, it's just three different versions of each song. It's great. You know, but it's like, I remember kind of did that with his synthesizer, weird synthesizer yeah. album. He kind of, he kind of shoved some people away. That was a bold move. Guys like me and Jeremy were like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Get that weird Dr. Dre that. shit going on. 
um, that might be what he's what they're trying to do. I don't make, know. Make art, not friends. Yeah, that's what that's a song on there. Well, yeah. Tool, um, you know, Tool did a they did a thing where they, you know, Undertow was a big album, then they had Anima, then they had you know, um, I think Parabola might have been a, a, an effort to to shunt those Fairweather fans off, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that counts to me as a Fairweather fan because I don't like it as much. But, I mean, I'm still a Tool fan. Um, they, I mean, they were doing kind of weird stuff on every album, though. Right. You know? Right. And then they had the weird videos. It just ha- so happens a lot of people liked them. They're just so they're such a strange band, you know. Um, but then they had, um, they came out back out with 10,000 Days and they had The Pot, which was a Oh yeah, fucking huge song, and you know it was a, it was a hit. So you know uh, Maynard was the singer of Green Jelly. I know, isn't that weird? Whenever I read the history behind Tool, that's always mentioned. And also, did you know that I mentioned I almost said Ugly Kid Joe instead of Green <laughs> Jelly? <laughs> Literally, Ugly, Ugly Kid, Kid Joe, Joe was in my mind for some reason. What was Ugly Kid Joe's song? Well, you guys probably know like Maynard has like a award winning. Wine. Winery, yeah. yeah. He has like a bunch of Vineyards. restaurants and yeah. shit. He's a uh, what do you call that? Entrepreneur, entrepreneur. He's he's such a odd character. I mean, yeah, he shaves his head even though he doesn't have to. Right. He has a traveling uh, a traveling uh, jujitsu trainer that goes with him everywhere. I thought he studied Savate. He probably studies multiple different martial arts, probably. but he's gotten into jujitsu, and now he has a guy, whenever they go on tour, he has a guy to roll with. Mm-hmm. He's got a guy to beat up, and they got to beat him up. And I wonder if Danny Carey trains. That's a big dude. Isn't he like 6'5 or some he's shit? He's a big, giant motherfucker. Yeah. He, he seems to be like he's oh, yeah. the only happy dude in the band. You <laughs> watch him back there playing drums. He's like, yeah, I'm having a great time. Do they have the original lineup? I think, I think so. it's changed. I might, I, they might have changed. You know how they make their records, albums, songs, files? I don't know what we call these <laughs> things anymore. Uh, the band works on everything, mm-hmm. and they get everything the way they want it. Everything's mixed and everything, and then they send it to Maynard, and he writes all the melodies and lyrics by himself. That's crazy. So it, he writes to fit them. They don't write to fit him. That's an, They might not ever even be in the same room. That's an unusual way of... Making music, but well, it, works. All, it works for them though. They're all met like mathematicians. They're all engineers and yeah. I had weirdos. a friend who met them. Like he he got on the tour bus with them, and he he was is my friend Jeff. I worked with him, Jeff Elkins. I, I worked with him at Hooters. He Did was, he blow all of them? Well, imagine maybe I don't know. I wouldn't imagine there. a blow bang with the members of Tool. It's a lot different than <laughs> yeah. the, the members of Wu Tang. I can tell you that much. They'd be really nice. It'd be very it'd be very stoic. <laughs> yeah. This is a great blue It job. would be very Hellraiser-esque because it would be like, you know, for some reason Hellraiser is classy and also violent and shitty at the same time. But anyway, um, he had met all these bands. Like, he had a pick collection. And he would show, like, the the tour manager, like, I'm, I'm, I have this pick collection. I wonder if I, you know. And he got, man, it got him on a lot of tour buses just hmm. to talk to him. People like nerds. Yeah, and he partied with a bunch of them and said, you know, he... No, it wasn't Tool. He said he met Tool, and Tool was great, but he said they were very like quiet and strange. He said Soundgarden were intimidating. They were so intelligent, and they weren't. Wow. They were having beers and stuff, but they weren't partying and they weren't fucking going crazy. He said Tool or Soundgarden didn't do that shit. Huh? So that's pretty cool. Yeah, 
I can imagine Kim Thale being a real oh, fuck intellectual. Just, yeah. Well, Br- and Matt Cameron, he played for them back then, you know. Um, you know, I, there are bands that I like their music, but I wouldn't want to meet them. Then there's bands I would like to meet, but wouldn't want to hang out with them. Yeah. Fucking uh, Motley Crue. Right. They I would hang out with them. Guy. Well, I wouldn't hang out with them because I knew it would, I'm, that's just too wild for me. There's going to be some shit that's going to go down. Kid especially, Rock. especially my sobriety. Kid Rock. I'd meet him just so I could fucking break I'd his I'd love spine. to hang out with Kid Rock. <laughs> fucking hate that I don't want to listen to a second of any of his music, except for the one with Monster Truck. <laughs> but, I don't, uh, but I'd love to hang out with Ain't him. Ain't nobody gonna Ain't tell, tell me how to live. I mean, he's just such a fucking dope. I love it. I don't. I don't love him, but I think he'd be a fun <laughs> hang for a while. You know, I'm waiting for that Kid Rock Five Finger Death Punch collab. <laughs> I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet. You know, has he not guessed on any of their tunes? I'm sure he has. It's possible. That's got it. That's that I'm has to have happened. Right he probably now. inspired a bunch of their. Songs. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm going to be kind of disappointed if that's not a real thing. You know. Mm. I'm just seeing if there's. All right, there's a here's a playlist on there uh, of Kid Rock and Five Finger Death Punch, but it's they're none of them are together. That sucks. God, that's a playlist I never want anywhere near me. Volbeat. I didn't think Volbeat was in. Me- Beastie Boys are in this playlist. What? Alice in Chains are in this playlist. No. Run no. DMC. Get out of there. This is fucking. That that's crazy. Get out, get, Europe. Get Europe. Yeah. The final countdown. Yeah. <laughs> Lincoln Park, that makes sense. Yeah. I never liked any Lincoln Park. Either. I like one song by Lincoln Park. Green Day is in it. I don't like Green Day. I like a couple <laughs> of songs. Do, you don't like early Green Day? Like Dookie? Not era? really. I don't really care for it that much. I liked American Idiot. That's a good song. Um, she is a good song. She. The, the like, doom, 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 doom. it's got that even, bass line. Even Dookie era, it's kind of overproduced, but it was like, it was still, like the guitar sounded so. They sound so good. In your face. Mm-hmm. I mean. Production wise. I liked them fine because I was a kid back then. They came out when I was in middle school. That fucking blows my goddamn mind. But um, the person I am now, like, you know, it's like they're they're lumped in with punk, and I don't like them as much as I like any other punk. Yeah, they were always pop punk. Right. But But they weren't at the same time. Like, they were... They don't sound like Blink, and they don't sound right. like you know, yeah, they're not OK Go or anybody like yeah, that, yeah. Um, or Sum Forty One, or even though there's a couple Sum Forty One songs that I actually like, yeah. But Fat Lip is a good song. It it's is a, a fun song. song. It is. Remember uh, Lit? I kind of like. There's them. nothing I wrong like, with Lit. I, I liked like, uh, Mine More Enemy. That was a good song. Um, he actually did a What Makes This Song Stink about uh, Lit, not Mine Worst Enemy, but Miserable, Miserable, yeah. And there's the only thing wrong with that song, to be quite honest, it has a cool chord in the... Mm. the brum, yeah, I like brum, that. Brum. Yeah. It has a cool chord there, but the only thing wrong with it is you make me come, you make me complete, you make me completely miserable. That is the only getting, thing that sucks. You're getting too cutesy-foo-foo with the yeah. play on words. Cutesy-foo-foo. I don't... <laughs> write that down. <laughs> I, I don't like... I don't like clever, clever, like, cutesy lyrics like that. Really. I, if the, I, I notice, I'm, like, modern country pop does a lot of, like... Look how clever I am with this wordplay and stuff. Yeah, because my Christian fans won't like this. But then they B double E double R U N beer. Oh, actually, that's that's the good version of that song by the country singer. Uh, there's the the beer run song where they spell it out with George Jones and uh, Garth. B double E double R U N. The biggest problem with modern. <laughs> 
Jamo's face was so disgusting. The biggest problem with modern radio country <laughs> just is it's it's hip hop for retort. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is uh, where they're talking about how cool their truck is and how dope their cooler is for some reason. Yeti name drop they, all these things. People put Yeti cooler stickers on their trucks. I'm like, why? And they talk about how country they are. And you look at them, and you're like, you don't seem very country. No, I'm like, pretty. I grew up in a holler, dude. Yeti, you would not last in a holler, right? Like advertising that you have Yeti is like the, the Calvin Klein shirts that girls used to wear in the 90s, right? Like, it's just that kind of, look at this status symbol. I purchased this product. Right. Oh, God. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's so, I don't know how it went down this path, but almost every song is like that. And Oakley fucking glasses. Mm. Yeah, I wear the wraparound shades. No, no Fear t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the off-brand Fear Nothing. <laughs> I, I, um, I'm, I worry that I'm going to look like a white supremacist sometimes because I shave my head and I wear wraparound shades Um when I play disc golf a lot and I wear wraparound shades at work because they're good to keep the goddamn well, sun out but of that's my eyes. More I'm trying not to get fucking... They're practical. Eye damage or whatever. But that's more an energy than it is a look. Yeah. I mean, you can you know when those motherfuckers are coming. You know, cut off sleeves on the shirts. Yeah. Or like really sparkly stuff for some reason. Like they all were really, really sparkly. Well, it's like, like the guy... Ed Hardy. Ed Hardy. Yeah, yeah it's like stuff. the guy that... Uh, that uh, Wade Wilson, before he became Deadpool, was beating up in the beginning of fucking the first Deadpool yeah. movie, and he smacks him in the face with that gun. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> "What did he say?" He said, uh, "Oh shit, not out of the woods yet. Those jeans are way too bedazzled." It was just it's, it's just a weird thing. You're supposed yeah. to be like this awesome country redneck dude, but you're wearing sparklies on your buttocks. Well, and then the spiked hair, you know, yeah. like. Like you, you know who Bo started Hawk. that? Yes, the the people who started that were like those shit metal bands in the eighties, like um, Striper. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the nineties. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, nineties bro. Rock. I didn't mean to uh, besmirch the good goddamn name of Striper. To um, hell with the devil. Excuse me. <laughs> You, are you aware? You of learn your lesson. <laughs> Do you know who Striper was? They were like a Christian metal Christian band. Christian metal band. <laughs> Air just, rock band. They were so bad. I didn't know they were Christian metal. Oh, yeah. Um, they had a song. Like I said, they had a song called To Hell With The Devil. So um, That'll show them. <laughs> <laughs> Curse you, devil. We're cool and we defy you. Um, I'm trying to think of... Uh, well, I, like uh, Crossfade. <laughs> oh, God. Dude, <laughs> I hated that fucking song. Looking back at me. Ugh. And then they had the hype man, basically, who looks like a guy that would show up to the gym and listen to Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. I mean, he's got the hat on. It's really, you know, and, and he's like, got the, oh, it's so fucking just. It's just, that's. He's doing this to the microphone. Bothered me so much. I'm like, oh, God, you're fucking garbage. Um, and they all, like, all these butt rock songs we're talking about they always start at 10 they never work their way to get there well and it's it's the way they're produced overproduced there's no dynamics it's like the the quiet parts are as loud as the loud parts it's and a pro, it's a well we know this it's just a product that's yeah. all it is i mean it's content right uh i remember when i got my sony psp they had a which was the coolest bit of hardware ever 
I mean, it 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 was this, mm-hmm. but back before this was a thing. So yeah. like, descri- I was like, this is so awesome. But anyway, one of the things they gave you the little mini discs, and he put them in the back, and it had all these songs. It had a song. It had that video from Crossfade. Ugh. It had a Coheed and Cambria song, they're which all, I never fine. liked them. They're like math rock. I, I kind of like some of their stuff. They're different in a way. They weren't shit. Let me put it that way. Yeah. I, I knew they weren't shit, but I didn't like them. Crossfade, I got to be honest, I was not very developed in my musical taste. I liked that song to begin with. I'm gonna be on. I can see where why somebody would like that song. Sure, but I saw through it. I didn't yet. I, I was like, "You motherfuckers!" It's like I used to like. I'm gonna be honest, Breaking Benjamin and shit like that. Now I just look at it with absolute disgust and dread. We you know, all, everybody just, that writes music, plays music. Whenever you hear a song like uh, the ones that Pat Finnery were making fun of, you're like, "I could do that. I just don't want to." Right. Except for he. Did it right, <laughs> and he's yeah. doing it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> completely tongue bursting through cheek. Right. Might get famous off of. Oh, it. Well, it's like the uh, hair metal bands that came out in the early two thousands. Um, they had like I, I discovered the them darkness. Like, years, yes, yeah. the year the, year the darkness after. ruled. Right. I yeah. mean, but I'm saying that's completely you discovered later that they were just. No, no, I knew they were okay. like tongue in cheek, but I didn't listen to them because I just wasn't interested. And then they had that one song I really liked. I believe anything I love. Yes, I, that was a good song. <laughs> I assume you you guys are familiar with Steel Panther, yeah. right? Yes, okay. yes. Um, there was another one too. There was them. Uh, there was Steel Panther. There was uh, the Darkness, and then there was one more Eagle something. Uh, the Eagles of Death Metal. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and they don't play death metal at all. Yeah, they're not we really were, death metal. Right. I've uh, Josh Homme said if we were a death metal band, we'd be the Eagles of death metal, and then that's just what they called the band, right? Yeah, um, not even death metal at all. <laughs> and, and they were just so much fun. Um, it's when it's in earnest that somebody needs to come up with a '90s cock rock band and make fun of that. You know, that's that's an untapped market so far. Like '90s cock rock, you mean like? A Creed or Nickelback type. I, I think the height of that era yes. was like the 2000s, though, like 2003. Right. Yeah. You're Whenever right, you're Scott right. Stapp really started up in the the Christ-like poses. Yeah, with the shirt always blow, blowing, it's always windy where this motherfucker. I know. Is. It's like it's like Patton Oswalt were talking about um, videos in the 80s. 80s. Co- yeah, where they were always at uh, a a. Like a, a steel mill that only made sparks. Yeah, they're only making sparks for a dude ranch. <laughs> There's no practical <laughs> purpose to have this kind of labor. <laughs> well, they have the band, and then they have a factory miles away from the band, and they're only producing yeah. sparks. Or they're at a dude ranch. Or you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna look up this one. Um, Looking back at me, I'm, mm, God, because I can't a, think of the the name of the band. What an embarrassing song. What was the crossfade big hit that they? Oh, I'm going to play it for you. You don't need to worry. <laughs> was it what I really meant to say? Yes. Just the way trapped. It comes in. That's one of them. Who's yeah. going home with you tonight? By trapped crossfade. The name of the song is cold on Spotify alone. It has 131 million, more than almost almost 132 million plays. Look at their profile picture. Somebody. Oh my God! Shoot them. Looking back at me, I see that I never really Wait. Their profile pic looks like Rascal Flatts. It does. <laughs> that's see, that's what I'm talking about. That that whole group of people who are fucking they're musical butterflies that go fly back and forth between shit music. I, I might not necessarily dislike those people on a personal level, but the kind of person are they are, I despise them. 
You ever feel bad for disliking somebody for what they are, but at the same time liking who they are? As there a are certain th- things like I don't like good musicians that only play covers. Right there, I know some people that I know what you mean. They only go and they only play c- covers at bars mm-hmm. for um, whatever money they get. I have no idea how much money they mm-hmm. get. I just like, why don't you throw something in of your own and do do the thing if you're going to do the thing. Right. You can play covers. Mm-hmm. Don't only and don't only play and don't do all the current song. Like there are people that, t- oh, this is in the top forty this week. I got to learn this real quick. You're spending so much time learning other people's stuff. Whenever you go to write your own stuff, you're going to write exactly like that garbage. Well, there are people that I will not mention on here because I like them as people, and a band I won't mention because. I grew up with, you know, I'm, I'm not not just, just not going to say, but they are the epitome of that. They are the, the, the fucking dictionary version. The looking up that, that, that's what that is. You know what I mean? I mean, encyclopedia is mm-hmm. whatever. I, I'm having a hard time with my words, but you're having a stroke. <laughs> no, that's that, that was an old bit we used to. Do. Oh yeah. I mean, and that was a possibility at one point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> early Chuck was very stroke worthy. But um, <laughs> but they are. Is he stroke worthy? Is he stroke worthy? <laughs> I mean, that could go either way with like a chick. Is she stroke worthy? Yeah, yeah. Could, you know, see what I'm saying? Um, stroke worthy. That may might be the name of my new band. You got any uh, Billy Squire queued up? <laughs> <laughs> I hate that fucking song. Is that tongue in cheek? Yeah. Okay. Good. What about that song? Stroke it. Stroking. I'll be stroking. Yeah. By Clarence Carter, Clarence yeah. Carter, oh shit, Clarence Carter. Yeah. Very tongue in cheek. Um, but no, I mean that band, and they 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 play, you know, proms and you know all kinds of shit around here, and they're just, and they're good musicians. They've been playing all their lives and stuff like that. But they just, I don't know whether to respect them for being like, look, we're going to be able to do what we want to do, and and have fun and perform and all that stuff. Or just be like, man, you guys never really went for it. I've, and it's also bad business for me to be like this, to be quite honest. I'm not getting paid to play music anywhere ever. I've been offered to play people's weddings, and and I'm like, sure. Then they send me a list of songs they want me to learn. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I don't need your $300. Right. You know what I mean? I'm just not doing that. I'm going to play my songs. <laughs> That's what you're getting. Right. That's why you asked me to do it. It's because you like my song. Integrity is people, integrity is, is a poor man's game. I will play some yeah. covers. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. You're right. But I'm not doing it, man. Well, and, and, and the world in general does not respect or... I mean, if you have integrity, people don't like it. Because the, then, the masses don't exactly because yeah. then it points out their lack of integrity, like the whole thing with people going along with the crowd, especially around here. Because I state what I think, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. I'm just not going to. It it has really gotten people to who dislike me, and and I'm not never yeah. anything but polite. But because I stick to that and I don't go along with what you say, mm-hmm. they're going to talk shit behind your back. There's that's big the problems. Yeah, exactly. And but there's also people who are my friend because they told me they liked that about me. They're like, you stick to who you are and you never bullshit. And that's true. Yeah. I can be polite and still respect and still hold to my position. That's actually a, yeah. a, 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 a the sign of an intelligent person to be able to conduct a, a, a fucking argument with somebody in a polite manner. And not have them sway you just because they want to make you feel bad. 
be like, no, I don't, I'm not going to agree with that. And I'm not going to sugarcoat what I think at all. And at the end of the day, do you really want more people to like you if they're not liking the real you? Yeah. That's, <clears throat> it makes things easier. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, employment is easier, you know, all those things, you know, but that being said, where I work, I like most of the people I interact with, you know what I mean? And I didn't think it was going to be the case because it's blue collar and all that stuff. And I thought I wouldn't, but I think once the initial shock wears off where you're not part of them, then they start, then there is a respect that starts to build for you. Cause you're like, well, that's who he is. And he's not retreating from it. And then people start to like you for that. You know, they're like, and then they come to you for an honest straight shooter answer because you're diff- ha- that's happened before. Yeah, you're different too. than all the others. Exactly. Like, yeah. So, and I, and I have, talk to lots of people and we laugh and I have lots, lots of friends at that job, but I just never thought that was going to happen. And there's hardly anybody I really dislike. The people I dislike are people I don't work with. And I strongly suspect that if I worked with them for any, any amount of time that ended up liking them too, because it just, you know, when you're in your lane and then you're driving, you know, Mm -hmm. when people, you start to jostle each other, uh, uh, at first that's going to create some friction. I mean, that's just the way it is. But then once you find out, well, this is the way the road's going, then you can, then it's almost becomes a comfort thing. Well, that's who he is. And I don't have to change. Yeah. I know what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if you're an asshole, you know, people, you we all know that guy who, who, who at work is an asshole, but he is always an asshole. So therefore there's always that, well, that's who he is, you know, and there's some respect there. So yeah. I'm not an asshole. I just stick to my beliefs and stick to my guns. So. Yeah, I um, I, I I don't hate like the the cover guys mm-hmm. and girls. It's just I know they could do more, and it's disappointing to me because I've known I know them friendly a contempt lot of them friendly. It's just contempt. like I I know you're better than right. that. Like one of them covered one of my songs once. Yeesh. That's weird. It is, and they made of. it into a butt rock song. I did not enjoy that. <laughs> Man, I'm surprised there weren't fisticuffs. Were you honored in a way though that they just wanted to cover it? Yeah, a little bit. Like oh, that's that's cool that they they look at me as the fucking whatever mm. around here for some reason. But well, like, you're that guy. You're the integrity guy. Shouldn't be. I should be making five hundred dollars a night playing fucking Margaritaville while fucking fifty seven year old women. Fucking show me their fucking tit tattoos, but no, I hear, I'm uh, here. I hear five finger you. death punch goes over pretty well. Yeah, it won't. This area. Yeah, I mean there, there's a there's a, a line in one of my songs about this. <laughs> uh, walks into the bar, tunes a bass guitar, plays other people's song, drunk stuff, dollars in a jar. People want to dance. They're screaming for Led Zeppelin. Uh, plays whole lot of tries not to fuck it up, and then at the end of that line, he goes home and starts. To try to write his own stuff, and that's when he feels it all at once. But great song, can't wait for you guys to hear it. But there is like, okay, there is a there's a guy at Carolina Beach that his name's Sam Melvin. Sam is a great musician and has played for years. He has played his own stuff so much that you have Sam Melvin fans at Carolina Beach who sing along with his songs. Yeah. So and um, he didn't get that. He didn't get that by just n- not. Not going for what he wanted. Right. He didn't go. He didn't um, cater to the masses to have get that following. Exactly. And he, at first, I don't think he ever played any covers, and he wasn't doing well. But then he became a staple, a Carolina Beach staple. Um, I'm, I like Sam. I knew him, and he was. Uh, is that him? It is. Let's hear him. Let me. I think. Let's judge him. No, no, no. That's not him. Well, fuck him then. 
it, well, you would have to probably find, he has a song called the stalker song. Look at that up on YouTube. Um, one of the uh, lines is I'm not going to stalk you anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's a good song. Sam's Sam, you know, everybody loves Sam. Um, there's a couple of those guys now, you know, who play the Carolina beach, Wilmington area, and they play their own songs and people sing along and love those songs. I think that would be a, a good life because they get paid. He didn't. He doesn't have a real job. He just does that. And at first, man, Sam was struggling, but now I think he does right, pretty okay. Yeah. Um, He's called Stalker. Last resort. It is. That's a great place. They painted it up like the beach because it's nowhere near the beach. Is that Dick's last resort? No, it's just the last resort. It's the. There's a split. In the road to Carolina Beach, and it sits right in the fucking center. It's a center block building. <laughs> and it's a, I love that place. I miss Carolina Beach. I'd like to go there soon. I never after. thought that loving you could be a crime. But the cops into my house for 27 times. And I know that you don't have a bodyguard. <laughs> but I still have to yell I'm sorry From at least a hundred yards <laughs> I wish I had a quarter For each restraining order that So you can hear people sing along with him Through the years A couple, man, you know And yeah, your new old man don't scare me Bigger men, they fear me but I promise that I won't stop you anymore. But I still tell all my friends you're a whore. <laughs> you guys would love Sam. Sam's a. Uh, is this recent? I don't know. Nine years ago is when this was put up. Six hundred and fourteen views. He's a like I said, he's a he's a guy around. I mean, he and he got girls and and I'm not trying to be any but he's older looking guy and you know, not the I'm not gonna say he's not handsome, but I'm just saying that it, he he pulls more than he should. Let's put it that way. It'd be like me pulling a lot of girls, you know. It's just people would be like I don't get that. You know what I mean? So but it's because of his talent and because of the fact that he's he sticks to what he plays. He'll play at the end of the week. The only song he will play, the only cover he will play, to my knowledge, is he will play Whack and Wheel at the end of the night because it's Carolina Beach. You know, you have to play. It's almost obligated, you know, and everybody sings along and it's half tongue in cheek, you know, because it's just like, well, everybody plays this goddamn song, but we're all going to sing along to it and have a good time and we're all going to laugh that we're fucking singing along to it. There are signs in the fucking bar to say no wagon wheel, you know. So, yeah, but they play it anyway. When so. I see that those signs, that almost makes me want to play. It. Right, but there's I'm not going. There's to. quite a few bands, you know, quite a few people who, you know, like that. That, that there's the the no wagon wheel song. It's, it's pretty. It is a good song. It's a great song. It's a really good. And to song. hear them play it, oh, they're amazing. Is, is I was. Again, that was not my thing. That I was, was really, I was really band. big into that. I was really was big great. into them about ten or twelve years ago, mm-hmm. and um, they have 
tons and tons of great songs and mm-hmm. that that sort of phase just wore off on me i was big into the avett brothers they sort of wore off and i really liked them and right. i would still go see them but for some reason it's just not connecting with me that much anymore i have no idea why but a lot of stuff doesn't really connect that much anymore you know well it's like me listening to uh i try to listen to some thrash even thrash that i liked and i don't like it anymore i just don't thrash metal yeah i hardly listen to pearl jam anymore i just Really? I know that I love them, and every now and then I'll slap it on the Pearl Jam station on Sirius. I'm like, all right, there's my boys. Right. Wait, even my favorite stuff, like, I, I still can get kind of, like, sick if I listen too much, so mm-hmm. I just try to rotate, you know, even the classics I like. Right. Because you can get kind of... The only one I, I've been listening to the Beatles for almost a year straight, almost every day. I go to sleep, I put on a Beatles playlist. The only time I, I don't like it is whenever... Um, <clears throat> Uh, fucking a day in the life comes on because at the end of a day in the life you get like forty seconds of silence and then some weird yeah. like it's it's just some weird thing and it right. wakes me up and scares the piss out of me. Yeah, I can see that. But it's it's like me falling asleep to uh, aliens at the beginning yeah. where things are quiet <laughs> and at the end where Ripley is facing off with the alien queen. That sometimes wake me up. God, what a movie! For <laughs> Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, Night of the Living Dead is. It's kind of a sprint from the beginning, but it's so that is such a soothing movie to me for some reason. Hmm. After I got my kidney stone out and I'm laying there doped up, I remember I've always I tell I, I describe this all the time. And I had it was spring, or maybe it was fall. I can't remember. It was cool. And I had the fucking window open and it's sunny, but it's also wind blowing in there. And I'm watching it at my folks' house on the Wii. And it's playing. I'm like dozing in and out. I'm like, this is the greatest fucking day of my life, you know. And it was Night of the Living Dead. And like today, I took a long all day nap today just because I could. And I watched. Um, this sounds like a favorite thing segment. Yeah, we should do that because we're pretty far. Let's in. get in there. This, this uh, drum feel here he does in a second sounds a little bit off, doesn't it? Hold on. Sounds like he almost screwed up, but he didn't. He came in on the one. Yeah. yeah. Jamming on the one. Jamming. Jamming on, on the, the ones one. and twos. Um, okay. Uh, we'll just classify this as a favorite thing. There are after all day naps on days off <laughs> and I watch horror movies. I watch old horror movies. I, today, the first was creep show and uh, I woke up I didn't finish it because it's more the beginning. It's, it's a collection. It's a like anthology. Yes. Yeah. And, um, the first one is, um, the, it's called father's day and Ed Harris, a young Ed Harris is in it Dang. with hair. And he's a handsome motherfucker, man. Creep show was, he's it dan- was it's terrible dancing. It's, it was a series like gone in late at night in the eighties and nineties, wasn't it? Well, no, not not eighties and nineties, actually recent. Creep show is a recent show that they well, I mean fairly recent. But there was Creep Show One and Two. Creep Show One is fucking classic. I think they brought it back on Shudder. They might have. Like a new version. Um Stephen King and George Romero, you mm-hmm. know. My living dead guy and, you know, the author got together and the first one is uh, Father's Day. It's about this uh, 
old millionaire type guy who keeps saying, I want my cake and his daughter fucking took this marble ashtray and bashed his fucking brains in. And then he comes out as a zombie and twists one of their heads off and I want my cake. You know, it's like that whole thing. Um, the second one I think is um, Stephen King playing this dumb shit dope farmer who finds a meteor and he touches it and all of a sudden this this grass and shit starts growing out of his body and starts taking over everything it's a it's more comedy than it is anything it's a lot of comedic elements to it too i mean it's it's it is a lot of campy it's, this, it's yeah. aware of how campy it is yeah. like when they scream it'll have the comic book like thing behind <laughs> them like ah you know it's it's great i love it um the one skit i don't like is there's this one about this monster in this box and um, it's Hal Holbrook, Adrian Barbeau with man, she had some nice tits, but, um, and, um, there's one with Ted Danson, a young Ted Danson. This is probably before cheers and Leslie Nielsen and Leslie Nielsen. Ted Danson is, is having an affair with Leslie Nielsen's wife. So he, he buries him in the sand up to their fucking necks and then they drown and they come back as zombies, you know, it's, and they got seaweed on them and shit. And they're, you know, it scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. And I, it's very liberating being to watch it shit now and not be even a little bit scared. So it's just like a nostalgic. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. It's very, a lot of nostalgia. Frank Drebin. so fucking good to me these are horror movies i don't like horror movies that are realistic yeah I, 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 it's not my it's not my jam <laughs> he's such a great overactor This is great because he locks the door and then and jump scare. Shit, I missed it. Whoa! <laughs> that really scare you? Yeah, I, I'm real jumpy. <laughs> Are you? That was in the way. To- even if I know it's coming. Yeah. It never it, it never gets me. Then he loses his mind and starts laughing. It's pretty 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 good. See the comic book thing behind him? Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking great, I love it. Then there's the one with Stephen King. Then there's uh, one where this guy hates roaches, and then all these roaches start coming out. It's really gross. At the end, they're in his body and like bust out of his chest. It's, it's really gross. <laughs> so I watched it, and then I watched Halloween three. Turned on the old season of the witch. The way love you, that fucking the movie. way you were describing like your feelings towards watching that is like how I feel about 
the Halloween season nowadays. Like Halloween is not at all. It's like a comforting, it is warm, child. It's not at all a scary thing now. It's just looking. That's back at it. It. Halloween is my let's talk favorite things. My absolute one of my absolute favorite things in life is Halloween. Yeah, it's the best holiday. My favorite time of year is mid September till. About the end of December, I think this, like right now, is my like October is my favorite time. Yeah, I didn't drop one bit of sweat while we were playing a tournament today and at disc golf on a really hikey and it feels so good. The air so crisp, jacket weather. Yes, perfect jacket weather. I was up. Up at Fayetteville, and I was like, the the trees are starting to turn. Like I said, when I was coming home, man, fucking New River Campground, and this has never happened to my knowledge. Was fucking packed. Usually by this time, they're all gone, but we're getting into the point now. People are coming here. In the fall, because, because they're, of the they're leafers National is what they are. Yeah, part they're leafers. Remember the leafers episode on Family, Family Guy. Yeah. That's exactly what the I'm fucking leafers. Oh my god, the leafers! Um, he went into the bar and started talking shit to him. <laughs> the Jets suck. Giants suck. <laughs> but um, and I watched that, and then uh, love this time of year. Me too. The summer tourists are gone. That is and an early episode to too. ourselves before those idiots from New York show up to watch the leaves change and take over the whole place. <laughs> Leafers! Holy crap! We gotta get out of here. Bonnie's always pregnant. Joe's other son who disappeared. Maddie, check out those colors. Yellow like a taxi, orange like the ball at the Knicks game, and red like the sauce on my Mamma Mia's gugots. <laughs> Be beautiful. <laughs> Brown like the guy I don't pick up in my cat. Quahog is infested with loud, hairy creatures also known as New Yorkers. They migrate north every autumn to see the foliage. And I think I speak for all of us when I say that New York and everyone from there can fornicate themselves with an iron stick. In there in the church, too. Who are all these people? Damn New Yorkers. They took all the good seats. I'd like to welcome like all Peter our gives a fuck about the seats. <laughs> yeah, I know. Father this Sandy is very early. He's in from tell. New York to see the leaves, and I'd like to invite him to do the opening prayer. Yo, God is good, eh? And he expects us to be good. And if you're not, he's going to come down and bust your freaking skull. <laughs> Who do you think you're talking to? Yo, God ain't tougher than me. You can't talk That's to Johnny Brennan like from that, fucking You uh, stupid Gavone. I ought to come over there Gavone? and break your freaking arm. You want to go, tough guy? I'll snap you in half like an almond biscotti from Bolero's on 51st Street. Best in the city. Fellas, this is God's house. And the Patriots kick off in about 45 minutes. So can we move this along? Patriots suck. Blast for me. Holy water. Where's that acid? <laughs> uh, that was gags. a good joke. The gag. That was a good joke. That was peak family guy. Yeah. Freaking family guy still gets me, though. We talk about this oh, all the time. It's still funny. Um, so there's that. Um, just Halloween. Mm, Halloween you movies. What else? Hellraiser. I watched the new Hellraiser. Fucking excellent. Really good. Um, it's more along the lines of it's based on a novella called The Hellbound Heart. And it's, you know, Pinhead is supposed to be originally a kind of a woman, like androgynous, very androgynous, but very, yeah. but feminine. Yeah. How was the actress who uh, great? She did great. I liked all the Cenobites. They were very, and, and I got to be honest. Someone who's not afraid of horror movies, that one got me in a couple of spots. I, I think I'm going to watch just all the body, the body horror. Yeah, body horror yeah. is the worst for me. 
Um, it, it was, you know, I, I, B plus A, you know, just right well, now's a perfect time to rewatch Stranger Things. That's a good, that's a good Halloween choice too. I mean, Stranger Things though, for me is a year round. Yeah, you got any time. I, I, I it's really weird, but I almost have to. I don't have to do this, but I do. If I'm, I, I almost have a rule like this is Halloween season. We're going to watch scary movies, and yeah. it's, you know, like I said, uh, Creep Show. Creep Show is a new addition, though. Yeah, um, I, it was Halloween three last year. It was a Return of the Living Dead, Day of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Two, which in my opinion is the best. It's one. the best one. Um, Jason's not in the first one. No, except for until very whoop, end. spoiler. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I spoiled a 43 year old movie. <laughs> Plus, it's got that uh, girl who. Oh man, how do you feel about Freddy? See. I was going to go back and watch that, but to me, that doesn't feel like a Halloween movie. I don't are, know why it is. Are you referring to Prince Jr.? Yes, Freddie Prince Jr. No, Freddie Prince Sr., of course. <laughs> he was in Chico and the Man, the most racist. Um, no. No, Friday the 13th doesn't feel like a Halloween movie to me. You don't mean Friday the 13th? You mean I mean, yeah. Uh, Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street. Street. Uh, Halloween 1, I'm not a big fan of. I'm going to be honest. It is my favorite. I, it's good. Don't get me wrong, but it, what's crazy is it doesn't feel like a Halloween movie to me either. It's, which it's just because it's not in my group. Mm-hmm. Phantasm Two is a Halloween movie to me. Um, I have a very strict. I don't even know what the standard is, but when I see something that's Halloween, I know it, and then it becomes Creep Show. I knew. I didn't really realize it, and I was like, wait a second, Creep Show is going to be in the canon, and I bought it for five dollars. You know. So, would you distinguish like are there are there good horror films that are good for Halloween time, and then good horror films that are good for non Halloween time? Um, horror films, yes. I mean that's a that's an excellent question. To me, Halloween films have to be bad. They have to be, and I'm not talking about like Return of the Living Dead is a great movie, but it is what it is. It's, it's camp, it's camp it's, and it's all that stuff. Yeah. To me, it almost has to be that. Yeah, Halloween is more the camp. Right. And, and then there's also um, the movies that they earnestly tried to make the best movie that they possibly could, mm-hmm. but it's just terrible. Right. Those type of movies are very good for Halloween. Like Friday the 13th Part 2, they honestly tried to make a good movie, and it's not good. <laughs> it's just not good. I mean, it's the acting is... Well, actually, the acting is not bad. The plot is f- Fine. You know, there's a Charleston native in that movie yeah. who, went, who went to Charleston Catholic. Wow. He, he's passed away since he died of AIDS. He was a gay guy. He died the guy, of the guy in the wheelchair is from he, he had a Charleston Catholic. This is a cool story. I don't know if in you, the movie. Yeah, I don't know. if. Well, I don't know if JMO knows this story. Yeah. Lauren Marie Taylor is is, a, is this girl who was in the movie and she was a love interest of the guy in the wheelchair. I wrote her on on uh, Instagram and she replied to me. We had a con- kind of a conversation. Oh, neat. Yeah, I said. I saw that Tom, I can't remember his name, had a Charles a CCHS uh, shirt on. I was like, I was like, he went to Charleston Catholic High School. I was wondering if that was his. And she told me, well, we had to bring our own clothes for to be in shots and stuff like that. And she was really nice. Wow. Um, yeah, she was. And I interacted uh, with um, Adrian King, who was in the first one. When I put on there, uh, she was. She has her own. Who's her own winery, and she's named a lot of them after Friday the 13th. And I said, Well, you should have an ice pick Pinot. And she was like, Where were you? You know, she's like, That's <laughs> awesome because she got killed with an ice pick. 
And, you know, I like, that's one of the only reasons I've liked stuff like Instagram and stuff like that is interaction with people who, you know, are famous. Like I interacted yeah, with uh, Deborah Messing on Twitter, um, the guy from Deadpool 2. Ooh. Who's it? Yeah. I mean, do, you mind, do you mind refreshing me on the Deborah Messing? What happened encounter? there? Yeah. Um, it was during the teacher strike. And um, I was telling all these douchebag righties to go fuck themselves and posting thing about my mom being a teacher and all that stuff. She retweeted me. Um, and then the guy, me and the guy from Deadpool 2, what is his name? He played the regular guy. He was on this other show. He wasn't quite famous, but he's Deadpool 2. He played the regular guy who was, he didn't have any superpowers. Oh, um, fuck. I follow him on Twitter and everything. Um, yeah, he retweeted me and, and we talked like we spoke. Neat. Uh, then the coolest one ever to me, though, and this was probably won't be cool to anybody else. The those books I told you about the Deathgate cycle and the Dragonlance, all that stuff. The one of the authors is Margaret Weiss. Me and her had a conversation on Twitter, like personal messages, messaging back and forth. That's, like for a while, you know, and she does that seems surreal when it's it happening. does. I'm like, because I was asking all these questions about Dragonlance and she took her time and Rob Delaney. Yeah. Rob Delaney retweeted me. And we and we spoke like we were talking to each other. Deborah Messing retweeted me a couple of times and then seemed to be coming back to see what else I was saying. You know, that was fun. You know, Facebook can fuck off. I don't care. I, I really don't like it. Um, I don't get on it. I don't post ever anymore. Never. So I just don't want to deal with the with the hassle. But those are neat because you get to interact with people who are famous. And that what even, platform was this? Instagram? Uh, no, Twitter, the, the Twitter. interaction was with on, was with Twitter with Deborah Messing and Margaret Weiss and Rob Delaney. Um, I, there's at least one more that I interacted with on there. But the interaction with uh, Adrian King and um, Lauren Marie Taylor was on um, Instagram. And I tried to get Diane Franklin. Well, I sent Diane Franklin a message and mm-hmm. she put a heart on it. She actually read it. <laughs> that was exciting. You know, um, Diane Franklin was my, remember her. She's my love interest from the eighties. You know, she, I married a woman that almost looked exactly like her. Um, and, um, it, you know, it's just, it's the most awesome thing that that happens sometimes when they take time out of their day, because, you know, even yeah. if they're a B celebrity, they're going to have their plate is pretty full. You know, yeah. they do shit all the time. I'm going to show him some pictures of a young Diane Franklin. You would remember her from mm. Better Off uh, Dead. Better Off Dead. That's my favorite. Last American Virgin. Last American Virgin. Uh, she she's was in so quite a few hot. Yeah. What a face on that broad. Yeah. She's beautiful. I like um, the uh, wavy curly hair. Yeah. And, the, and the eyebrows. That was a, This uh, was her in um, Better Off Dead, I believe. She played the French girl. She was kind yeah. of a ginge. Really? And here she is now in her probably late fifties, early sixties by now. Mm -hmm. She's not ginger now. And she still looks great. Um, there's a documentary about with her, um, my dinner with Diane Franklin. I need to watch. I never watched it. Um, so that's great. Another thing. Let's get into this game of Thrones in general. The world is now become since he's been reading it. Yeah. I have started reading. And I can sort of keep up with you with some, right. A little bit of knowledge now. Right. And we discuss it. I've started reading. I read the first Game of Thrones book in two days. That's insane. <laughs> I can burn it. I can burn it. Is that like a thousand pager? 700. 700. It took me a, about a month to read Fire and Blood, which is 700 and some pages. I can burn through a book. I mean, I, that's, I take an hour every evening when I come home and I read. 
um, I've started reading. This is a very new thing. I'm not trying to pretend like I'm an intellectual. But yeah, in the old days, everybody would shit on me for reading. Sometimes it spreads the two hours without knowing. (laughs) I read so slow because I'm like, okay, I read that paragraph. Did I really understand? I do that too. So I reread it. I do that too. And I'll always like, I'll I'll squeeze every bit of juice out of that stone, but uh, it takes me forever. Well, I mean, it's like, and also I've been over the the track a lot lot of times, so I don't have to stop for conjugation. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I can just, you know, and. The first book is so fucking good. It's, it was one. Of, I remember it being one of the Game of Thrones is the first book, um, and just the death of Ned Stark and the you know all that stuff. And it's man. And I'm actually since I've removed myself from the show, not as in I don't like it, but I just don't watch it. The things that the visions of are going back in my head to what they originally were, and I like that better. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters look. A lot of them look way different than I like. Robert Baratheon is a prime example. Mark Addy is a great Robert Baratheon, but in the book he is a fucking monster. In the book he's like six, he's six, 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 fifty probably. Oh, he and when when Ned when he comes to see Ned, he's got to be four plus because yeah. he's so fat. You know. So you prefer like the the image that your mind's eye creates. Yes, I, that's why I, I remember when the show came out, I was actually scared because I'm like, this is going to ruin these books for me because I'm going to see that when I read it. I don't I don't do that anymore. The Hound looks like I thought it, in the. He's a young guy. The Hound is maybe twenty 20s, years old. Yeah. In 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 the book, um, Arya looks almost exactly. That was a great casting. She looks almost exactly like <laughs> uh, what Arya looks like in the book. You know, Jon Snow is close. Only uh, he doesn't have curly hair. And he's not, they don't say he's not handsome, but they talk about he has a long, horsey face. Like, uh, him and Arya share that. Um, they The girls call her Arya Horseface, you know, because she's... That's rude. Um, Sansa, uh, Sophie Turner's pretty close. Um, she's so pretty. Like, she's so, it's like weird, like, you can't take your eyes off of her, especially when she gets older in the later right. seasons. You're like, she's like this regal, beautiful woman. And Sansa like, is, in the book, described as being this potential great beauty, like when she's very young. And then she starts to grow into it. Um, Catelyn looks nothing on the show, looks nothing like she does from the book. Catelyn is, is, Ned is only 30, he's not even 35 in the in, That's a in trend. The they age everybody up. Right. Like they're like in Dunkin' the Egg, they're going to age everybody up. I don't know if I like that. Um, they're at least going to age Dunk up because it's going to be hard to find somebody 17 years old that's six. Well, but you can find six, somebody. 11. You can find somebody who looks 17, you know. <laughs> that doesn't look 17. Um, I'm in the Clash of Kings now, and it's um, – I love it because uh, you have the interactions, the beginning of interactions between uh, Tywin – and the rest of the family and Tywin is just I Charles Dance fucking nailed it. I mean, he's he's almost exactly how I pictured Tywin to be. Only Did you Ty- ever watch Game of Thrones? Um just the big ones. Just the big like Battle of the Bastards and Red Wedding and all that stuff. Yeah. Tywin is the is the patriarch of the Lannister clan. He's this older English Charles Dance. He's 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 this very famous English actor. The first major time, coup when they got him. The first yeah. time you see him in the show, it's season two, and he's, he's gutting, gutting a deer. He's gutting a deer, and he's like wiping off his hands, telling his son he's a bitch. Basically, yes. <laughs> I mean, it, one of the best quotes is, is like when they call you Kingslayer. Doesn't that get on your nerves? He's like, of course it does. He's like, it's a trick question. I mean, he's just like, it had to be done. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, somebody had to do no, it. No, but I'm saying it's a trick question that he asked him. He's just like, doesn't that bother you? He's like, of course it does. And he's like, and then we have one of the best quotes that's used, overused so much. It's part of the pop, pop, pop culture canon now. Can I guess what it is? 
What? The lion doesn't concern himself with the opinions of sheep. Yes. I was going with where's the beef. Mm. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Battery's not included. <laughs> <laughs> Your mother's a whore. <laughs> well, that was awkward. Um, every Marvel movie. Um, that just happened. Time for plan B. <laughs> Check, please. <laughs> god it's gotten so bad um but uh no game of thrones just uh in in general and reading um all the dark tower i'm on the third book of the dark tower um so you're doing something that i couldn't do i couldn't books numerous books at once yeah i couldn't do that i used to literally have books laying on their on their on their bottom on the top and you know, open, split, splayed out. Exactly. And I'd be like, read, 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 tired of that. Pick up, read. read it's weird. Read. Like, it's, I, I am not a multitasker. I can't even like watch different TV series at the same time. Yeah. Whenever I decide like, I'm going to binge like, watch a TV series, yeah. I go through it all the way and I don't really watch anything else. And yeah. I'll watch YouTube videos explaining to me what I watched and all the different things that could happen from there on, you know? Well, to me, though, it's because the tones and the, the voice of the book. When I don't know if you guys get this, but when you're reading is what I'm saying is that I have a voice in my head that's reading the book and there's a vision and it's very particular to every author. Now there are authors who sound and look the same in, in my mind's eye, the guy who wrote Stephen Barnes, who wrote lion's blood and Zulu heart, which I quit reading that. Um, I like it, but it, you just don't yeah. like that it. it was written by a black guy. I get it. <laughs> no, it's nothing to do with that. It's more that I just, I got bogged down in it. Mm-hmm. It didn't, it didn't, it's a whole keep, other world. You got to learn about it. Didn't keep grabbing me. Like it's a, it's a fantasy world, but it's not. And I think that bothered me that, you know, this isn't a completely made up place, but anyway, uh, in, in my mind's eye, him and George R. R. Martin, they, they, they look similar. Everything's in miniature almost. And I don't know how to explain it, but they, it's all in miniature and it's really, really colorful. And, um, it's almost like, like watching an anime. That's the closest thing mm. I can. Um, Stephen King is very in your face. You, there's not a big uh, panoramic vision of it. You know, it, all the characters are. He's he's similar in tone to Ted Williams. Ted Williams is very in your face, and things aren't in miniature. Everything. I see. I don't know how I. I don't have the words to describe how that feels. It's just the way what I feel when I'm writing uh, or reading. Um. And so therefore reading them that the visions are not at all the same. So I can read one and they do not bleed into each other. Hmm. So uh, I was reading Chad Williams and um, George R. R. Martin at the same time. Those massive fucking paid by the fucking pound Chad Williams books too big to fit into a fucking hardback almost that well no too big to fit in one paperback there. The, the last book in Chad Williams uh, Memory Star and Thorn originally was so big that they could not print a paperback big enough to hold it. <laughs> so they just split it into two fucking different books. You know, I just thought, technically, I've read four books in the last month. Yeah. Technically. Because that uh, The Night of the Seven Kingdoms is three no- novellas. Mm-hmm. It counts as a book. Sure. Crammed into one. Mm-hmm. So technically, I've read four. I'm pretty proud of my fucking self. That's good. Yeah. I'm going to start doing more. I don't want to say how many I've read. You've probably read months. 12 I've read 20, 23 or 24 in about three or four months. So Charles being an, avid, per month. being an avid reader, what's your thoughts on uh, listening to books? Uh, what's, what's the I, audible? It's fine. Stuff? It has its utility. I think it, it's, it's, it's a way to get the, 
the information, but you're you're allowing a middleman to get between you and what the, the what the source. The is. tone of the of exactly. the speakers coloring your perception. Exactly. Your went, perception needs to be your perception, and yeah. you should not. Get I went to it, sleep but. last night listening to Dunk, uh, Duncan Egg, the uh, first book of Duncan Egg. Really? Yeah. That they have it on YouTube. Somebody I'm sure just, they've got them all. Somebody just read um, it on there. Yeah, uh, and I'm I'm not. I'm not against it, but at the same time, I wouldn't do it. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm just, uh, I should say that with those books I've read too, some of them aren't big books. Like I read um, all the Earthsea books, Ursula K. Le Guin, who, the Wizard of Earthsea, and um, you read Duncan yeah, Egg, all those. Yeah, I read Duncan Egg right before I gave it to Greg Get to You. It, and it's, it might be my favorite book other than it might be tied. With uh, Fight Club, one of the, one of the Chuck Palahniuk books, uh, Survivor Fight Club. Survivor was a good book. Fucking, I can't remember the names of all the ones I read of his. I just his style. Lullaby. Did you read that Lullaby? One? Yeah, that was a good book. I liked all those. And he he was a very good writer. Um, Fight Club, I think, is the movie's better. I think, honestly, it has its moments. Um, I think the movie's better for some reason. Well, the movie is definitely more took the spirit of the thing and ran with yeah. it. Um, Stephen King books, I've actually read. I read The Talisman. I read the first two Dark Tower books. I read, you know, I'm, I'm you know, you don't ever want to say that you're impressed with yourselves, but sometimes I am with how quickly I can move through material. Mm-hmm. Um, and thrift books, man, I, I, every week, this this one girl, the work girl who works down at the, down at the post office, she's like, how many books do you even have? And I was like, well, I've got, you know, I don't even know, a couple hundred, you know, and I've read all of those, you know, so I wanted to sit down and write down every book I've ever read. It's going to be, I don't think it might be a thousand, but it's going to be high hundreds, you hmm. know, so. That's, that's, I mean, I think uh, it feels more like an achievement when you finish a book versus finishing a, a, ser- a TV series or a movie. Like you're, there's more work involved. There is, and, uh, you know, it, it feels like an accomplishment. I think. For the, what, I think this is a good analogy. When you watch a TV show, it feels like a, an accomplishment for the person who made it. When you read a book, it's, it feels like an accomplishment for you. So, because um, like you're you're kind of. You're, t- you're taking like a screenplay and making the characters come alive <laughs> in your own mind. One thing I really like is watching um, House of the Dragon, knowing what's supposed to be coming. Right. Knowing what's changed mm-hmm. and knowing and that was a good change. That's not a bad change. Like the thing that happened at the end of this week's episode, mm-hmm. that would have been a useless death. No re- real reason for him to die. Sure. He's going to be far enough away from his dragon that somebody else can bond with it. Exactly. Um, maybe the dragon just gives up on him. Maybe dragons are fucking stupid and they, and they just think that he's dead. You know, I don't think so. I don't think dragons are stupid, but maybe, well, maybe he broke the bond with the dragon somehow. Maybe that's a thing that you can do. I don't know. They don't explain it. Don't fucking explain it to me. I don't well, care. They don't have to. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, and also watching people freak out about things that happen. How did you think I felt about the red wedding when that came? Around? Yeah, you I, were, knew, I read the you red knew it was coming 20 and you, years ago and you were so. just sitting there rubbing your hands when <laughs> exactly. it came up. I, I was watching it with a friend, my friend, Mikey, and I was looking at him like this. <laughs> and he looked at me he's like i was like <laughs> as in is this really happening like, yes it is were you pleased with how the show pulled that off um yes i am both pleased and uh there, also not because an, it's very different there's a plot point that happens after that that is a big plot point in the books uh lady stoneheart yes and 
I, I feel like that that would have been it would have been might have been too much for the show, but it would have been so fucking cool for them to bring her back to life using the Lord of Light and let her roam around murdering people. The descriptions of Catalan's death in the book are so extreme. Like she takes her hands and rakes her face with her nails and tears her face open and loses her mind. And the way he describes it, he said, um, she something I, I I can't remember the exact wording, but it's perfect wording. George R. R. Martin, people shit on him for not finishing a book. If you wrote that fucking well, you'd have a hard time finishing a book too. Because I have never read another writer that sometimes writes better than him. There isn't one. Well, you know? he grabbed me right away when I was reading Duncan Egg. Um, Dunk is this big doof. He's um, he's he was a squire for this old knight, and the knight and the old knight knighted him because knights can make knights, right? And Hedge Knight, he passed away. The old man, they're on their way somewhere. I forget, but he's burying him and he just tries to give him like a little eulogy. And I wish you weren't dead, sir. <laughs> yeah, it's very, I love and then that. he says, You were always a good, a good man to me. You never beat me unless I didn't, un, un, unless I deserved it, except for that one time. <laughs> Whenever you beat me for eating the, the widow lady's pie, I didn't eat, eat the widow lady's pie. That was the stable boy, and I told you that, but you didn't believe me. <laughs> that grabbed me right away. It's on the first fucking page. It just lets you go right into it. Um, yeah, that uh, that whole story. Like, if you just change a little bit of the wording, that would be a perfect children's book. How involved is George R. R. Martin with the House of Dragon series? Extremely. Uh, in Game of Thrones, they quit interacting with him after the fourth season. Which mm. might be why it started the slow decline in seasons five and six, and then off the edge in season seven and eight, which I still like those seasons. It's still Are, better than almost anything I've ever seen. It just wasn't, it just wasn't as good as the original show. Is yeah. House of Dragon based on any of his writings, or is he just yeah, it's like... It's based on Fire and Blood. It's based okay. on what is essentially a history book that is written from three different points of view. Um, three different, like a maester, a, uh, a maester is kind of like a doctor slash historian, a septon, which is kind of like a preacher, man of God, and a a fool, which is like a jester. And then there's another guy that took their writings and made this book. These are all fictional people. George R. R. Martin just has all these different characters that he writes them as. So you don't, you never really just know different what's, perspectives. But. Yeah. You never really know what the real story is. Like the maester and the septum might have a close story. Some may be false narrators. And- yeah. But the fool will have one that's way fucked up. That might be true or not. We have no idea. His, his were always more, um, outlandish his mm-hmm. his versions of the whimsical story. you might say yeah crazy you guys want to hear um Catalan's death yeah sure book. okay read it in english accent please what is it read it in an english accent <laughs> i can't i really read can't. it like charles dance <laughs> read so it like, well, i know someone took the wife knife away from her um no i can't do read it. it like macho man randy said <laughs> oh yeah finally someone took the knife away from her well let me tell you something catlin stark <laughs> and that was christopher walken <laughs> <laughs> well finally someone took the knife away from her <laughs> i'm not very good at now Vinny uh or uh, danny devito <laughs> danny devito i don't know why um okay but here we go finally somebody took the knife away from her the tears burned like vinegar as they ran down her cheeks ten fierce ra- ravens were raking her face with the sharp talons and tearing off strips of flesh leaving deep furrows that ran red with blood she could taste it on her lips 
It hurts so much, she thought. Our children, Ned, all our sweet babes, Rickon, Bran, Arya, Sansa, Rob, Rob, please, Ned, please make it stop, make it stop hurting. The white tears and the red ones ran together until her face was torn and tattered, the face that Ned had loved. Catelyn Stark raised her hands and watched the blood run down her long fingers over her wrists beneath the sleeves of her gown. Slow red worms crawled along her arms under her clothes. It tickles. That made her laugh until she screamed. Mad, someone said. She's lost her wits. And someone else said, make an end. And a hand grabbed her scalp, just as she'd done with the jingle bell. And she thought, no, don't, don't cut my hair. Ned loves my hair. Then the steel was at her throat, and its bite was red and cold. Jeez. That's fucking perfect. <laughs> you are not going to hear a better writer than that. And he does that all the fucking time. He strokes it out of the park every time he has to. And all, you have all these assholes who I'm willing to wait 10 years for a book or, or forever for a book. If he doesn't finish yeah. it, you know how many notes they're going to they're gonna have and how much stuff they're going to publish. Tolkien has nothing on George, George R. R. Martin. With something like that, it's like I'm, take all the time you want as long as the quality doesn't, you know, and it never has. Sacrificed. I waited between Storm of Swords, which is the third one, Feast for Crows, I waited 10 years um, or close enough. At first, Feast for Crows was a disappointment because not a lot happened in it. But going back and reading it, it's one of my favorites now because the dialogue. You know, it's the one I always talk about. The dialogue well, is almost always perfect. Yeah, it's, it is. Are you going to do the Stannis line? That's in <laughs> a Clash of Kings. So good. When Renly... <laughs> Renly and Stannis are having a in in the show, in the book. He's uh, Renly is like this foppish gay character. He's the second. Brother. He's not foppish, or he's he's, he's openly a big, gay. He, well, he's a big, strapping, handsome like a bear. He's basically a big gay dude, and he's openly gay in a world where that's not cool. And there's nothing you can goddamn do about it because he's Renly Baratheon. He's one of the. He comes from one of the great houses, and he's a big, strong man that can. He's he's as big as Robert was. He's not as good a fighter as Robert was, but he's still a big fucking man. And um, you know, while Sansa in Game of Thrones says she's the hands, he's the handsomest man she's ever seen, and that's including Jamie. Lann- she's seen Jamie Lannister. She's seen you know all these guys. So um, <laughs> they're having a discussion. And Catelyn is trying to mediate between Stannis and, and Renly. And, you know, Stannis is, you know who we're talking Stannis, about? Stannis is the second brother of the king who's, who's now dead, right? Yeah. Robert's dead at this point. He's the, he's the younger brother. And he sh- technically should be next in line because all of Robert's kids are bastards. Stannis is the middle. Renly is the baby. Yeah. But Renly, everybody loves him. So he declared himself king. Stannis is the rightful king, if you're going by by the fact that Cersei's kids belong to Jaime and their bastard abomination incest, you know. So they're having a discussion. Renly's eating a peach because, of course, why wouldn't some Some pretentious <laughs> fruit. He's really that guy. And um, they're discussing Marjorie Tyrell. And um, he says uh, – you know, I'll, he's like, I'm going to get an air, an air on her. You, you'll, be, you'll be pleased to know that she came to my bed a virgin. And Stannis laughs, and he shoots back at me. He said, in your bed, she's likely to stay that way. You know, <laughs> and, and Renly never even bats an eye, laughs, finishes it, and tosses the pit over his fucking shoulder. Does not phase him. It's Catelyn, that, 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 inter, that exchange between them is some of the best writing, and he does that all the time. Like, Tyrion's inter- exchanges with people are brilliant. Because Tyrion is a brilliant character. You know, when he's 
talking to when him and Cersei talk to each other and him and uh, him and the parts with him and Jamie are really good. Was he dwarfish in the books? Yeah, he's way uglier in the book. Yeah, his, his face is squashed off. in like he's got a real he's like, you know, the tip prototypical midget dwarf. He looks like that instead of how Charles Dan. I mean, uh, Peter Dinklage is a handsome man, you know, despite being a midget. Some midgets just aren't. I mean, it's just the way it is. And he's not. He has a mismatched eye. He's got a squashed in face and a big forehead. He's just not handsome. But he's great. And so they're. That's a boy. That's what he should look that's like. That's accurate. That's a horror film. That is accurate. Um, and he got his nose cut off in battle. Just the, uh, the description of the battles, too. Like the description of uh, Blackwater Bay where he sets the fucking river on fire with wildfire is man, you're there. Like I, I it's not, you feel the fucking tension and it, it, I don't know how he does it, man. He's just such a, a great writer better than anybody. I love Tad Williams. I'm a massive Tad Williams fan. George R. R. Martin is a better writer than Tad Williams, but I think if Tad Williams, if George R. R. Martin dies, Tad Williams is going to be the one to finish it. Oh, I, really? I wouldn't be surprised. Tad Williams is quite a bit younger, isn't he? Yeah. You think, do you think if George R. R. Martin had to trust someone with that, he would be okay with Tad? I think he would. Um, I think that – but you know what I think he might do and what I, I think would be awesome? It would be a money grab, but I don't give a fuck. If, if he would request for every great fantasy writer to finish his book for Ooh. him. Like, I want to see how you finish it. I want to see how you I'll finish it. I'll have multiple versions. Yes. Yeah, I don't hate that. Have Tad Williams write it, Stephen King write it, you know, all, and, and see and see who – that I mean, you're talking million seller, and you can write. You can t- get ten books. I can think of ten fantasy authors. Um, you can have Robin Hobb, Ted Williams, uh, Brandon Sanderson, um, Stephen King, uh, J.K. Rowling. For fuck's sake, you know she would good make a good ending. You could have those and sell them, and people would fucking gobble it. You know. I might even try to write a letter to fucking George R. R. Martin. Said, I know you're great and everything. I love your stuff. But if you do pass away, if you pull a Robert Jordan, which Robert Jordan was I'll another s- guy who wrote and he died before his was finished. V.C. Um, Andrews. They kept publishing but books. Pen, in the but um, there are the archives of his original plan in a library in Texas somewhere. I think I'm, at the I'm Texas State in Arizona. Well, I think he's from Texas originally. Oh, is he? Yeah, it's, I think it's at the Texas A&M Library, and it has all the outlines, the Probably first drafts, rough yeah. drafts, all this stuff. All of it's in like, in like a library that you can go look at. Oh, that's fucking nuts. I I always, that shit is probably worth. I always assumed he was British until like two I weeks ago. <laughs> I did too. I did too. When I first started reading, I was like, there's no way this... And the way he writes fucking common like characters in Westeros, you can hear the fucking Cockney in him. Yeah. She asked me to, my lord. She asked me. You know, it's like, it's like that. So, um, yeah, dude, I'm just... That's that's pretty much it for me this time, but um, that's such a massive subject. Um, uh, Duncan Egg, yeah, I really loved it. I loved every fucking page of it. Um, there wasn't really a slow minute in that entire thing. There's not um, the way this the at the end of the last book, the you basically get the second Blackfire Rebellion, mm-hmm. and there's how many more Blackfire Rebellions after that in the next hundred years? Well, until they end with Sir Barrison killing the last one. That's well, Varys is Blackfire, so I think so. Technically, too. it's not. It's not. Uh, yeah, that young Griff guy. Even though I haven't read the book, for some reason I've been I watching that paragraph. These, Remember yeah. that paragraph? Yeah, it's fucking awesome. That's good writing. Um, I love Dunk. He's one of those characters. You get one like you had your Ned Stark. 
Um, in this, in Fire and Blood, there's not one of these guys really. Maybe, maybe Lionel Strong. He's gone now. Who's lovable and a big brute, but he's lovable and a good guy. Well, they always do the right thing, no matter what, at their own detriment. They right. always do what is right. <laughs> yeah, that's Ned Stark to a loser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not smart. <laughs> it cost him everything. It costs them everything. It cost him his family. The the this the Stark family was broken under the weight of Ned's honor. Yeah. Um what's gonna happen to Dunk is he's his honor is going to kill him and Egg. Right. And everybody at Summer Hall, I believe. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens there. I think there might be two more books before we get there. I have no idea. But to his own detriment, he always does the right thing. This motherfucker always speaks up right. when he shouldn't. He should shut the fuck up, right. grab his squire, nobody knows who he is, and get the fuck out of Dodge. Right. And he doesn't. If he sees any kind of injustice, in the first book, in the first 40 pages, a prince is uh, smacking around a puppeteer girl. Uh, Tansel too tall, not too tall for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's smacking her. A prince, Prince Arian Brightflame, is smacking this girl around, and people are screaming and hollering, dunks it in a, in a tent with uh, some buddies that he just made there. And he, he hears what's going on, and he comes running out and starts beating the fuck out of that prince. <laughs> He doesn't care that he's a prince. He doesn't give a fuck. He must beat the fuck out of this guy until it stops. And then they grab, like, he kicks him in the face while he's down. And then his guards grab him. And he shouldn't have, he should have done that, but he shouldn't have done that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And at the end of the book, they do a trial of the seven, which means on each side, instead of uh, judging him, he asked for. Uh, Co- trial by combat yeah but and they said we Baylor Breakspear came up with Baylor Breakspear so. came up with the trial of the seven which means on the guilty side if if this side wins you're guilty if you win you're innocent you can go free and you have seven men fighting Dunk seven really has seven, no yeah. friends he's got to find people from here and there to help him fight he doesn't know how good they are right he just has to find people but they have peerless warriors on their side uh how many members of the king's guard <laughs> they had three like members three, of the king's yeah. guard <laughs> plus arian bright bright flame who was a decent fighter himself he wasn't great but, maker who was you know which prince decided maker. to fight on dunk's side baylor breaks baylor breaks who's a man of honor decides to fight on dunk's the side. heir apparent to the throne <laughs> yes he's the king's fucking son yeah he decides to fight on dunk's side and they do the trial of seven dunk wins his team wins and a whole bunch of people died. Baylor Breakspear dies that day. It's the saddest part, but you know what? Who I felt saddest for is Humphrey Harding, because Humphrey Harding was a badass in training. Like he was, he had distinguished himself in that tournament, and then he got knocked off his horse and broke his leg. He had and both, still strapped the motherfucker up and came out and fought for him. Yeah, you know. And then you had he uh, had two Humphreys fighting for him. That yeah, day. there was Humphrey Harding and then Humphrey. I forget his name. I can't. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know if it's Beesberry, but um, Beesberry. <laughs> but then you had Lionel Baratheon, who was yeah, the Laughing Storm. This man likes <laughs> fighting so much that he laughs while he's fighting. Big fucking beast. War, of he a uses guy. a hammer, right? Yeah, he uses a big war hammer. He's yeah. just giggling. While he's giddy as fuck. Right. And he, I don't know. I remember how big they said he was. But at the end of the um, during the scene where uh, he stops the prince from beating up the girl, the puppeteer lady. It's revealed that Dunk or Egg is a prince. He his name is Aegon Targaryen, and it's his brother that's beating up mm-hmm. the girl. He hates his brother, and he hates his brother because his brother's a fucking prick. Yeah, 
And um, after he wins the trial of the seven and he's allowed to go free, he's asked to join um, Prince Makers. Makar's house, who is uh, Aegon's dad. He's asked to join his house and be one of his guards or whatever. And he, he can help train Egg to be a, a warrior and a good prince and all that and stuff. And train him in the bargain, too. And he he says we could do that, or he could come on the road with me and be my squire and learn what it's like to be a common person, which is what he needs. Mm-hmm. He needs to know what it's like to be on the road and have to sleep under the stars and eat uh, acorns sometimes. No, and no hunger, is. no want, no discomfort you know yeah and that's what they do and it's just this nice little story of course a lot of people have to fucking die right and you find some traitors and all this stuff dude it's it was enthralling the entire way i'm so glad i read it it's very you know what it reminds me of it's like reading when you're a kid reading the old robin hood stories it's very similar to that so um there's also great illustrations in the book you know it's a pencil yeah and it's they're really good um one of them almost made me cry like Whenever um, they think he thinks Dunk's dead, Egg thinks Dunk's dead, and he <laughs> comes out and he just runs up and it just shows him hugging him yeah. and grinning real big. Right, I was right. like, oh Jesus! Yeah. See, the the graphic novel is great. One of the best panels I was as you were describing it, but I didn't want to interrupt you. Is when Dunk sees that's going down with Arian Bright Flame and that girl. It shows him standing there. He gets this look on his face, and he just starts. They do the panels where he just gets closer. He's walking. And he just starts shoving people out of the way, and he's just fucking decks them, you know. And then he kicks them, and they're trying to drag him off. And you know, it's one of the main points of uh, that people always bring up about Dunk is how big he is. He's a, an inch short of seven feet, and he's probably like two hundred and sixty pounds. Yeah, I would imagine he's, he's lean, but he's fucking he's, he's sort of jacked. He's like Kane or the Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. He's like that. He's that kind of similar. Big. Yeah, yeah, and. So they always, like, he tries to trade his armor off, and they're like, it's too big for anybody. Right. You're just a big, giant doof. Just, I, I, But I like how in this world, they're going to do melt it down. Some people are unimpressed by it. Like, yeah. Most, of, most people are like, my, one of my favorite characters is that Smith. Um, Pate. Steely yeah, Pate. Steely Pate. Yeah. He's, he's built like me. He's short, and he's fucking big. And he's like, he's like big one, aren't you? And he's like, and that's, all, that's all he says. You know, he, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. I like the illustration with him. He's laying there with his fucking, he's sitting there with his hammer. Like, he's just this, I mean, he's he's bigger than me, but I'm saying we, I'm short and big. And so he's like mm-hmm. that. Orc-like in a way. Yeah. I mean, well, he's probably shorter than I was. He's probably, he was like five say, feet tall. I'd say he's probably five, seven. No, no, because I think he, they remember, remember he said he was only a shade above five feet or something like oh, that. Yeah. But he was really fucking wild. But he's as he's a as big around as he is uh, tall. Right. And he's, he's, he makes a lot of armor for everybody. It's really good armor, apparently. Well, I mean, I, that's what I like about it is that all these, you know, all these other people were like, he's like, he told him, he's like, I'm not going to put any fucking horns on your shit. I'm not doing, he's like, yeah. I make good solid steel because that's going to be plain. There's yeah. not going to be ornamentation. <laughs> exactly. No enamel. None nope. of that crap. No painted yeah. flames right. on the yeah. side. He, he reminds stripes. me of uh, the, the guy who, um, the armorer who had Gendry yeah. in Game of Thrones in the book because he's, you know, they he, he's talking about, he's just like that other guy up the street. He does all this crap. He's like, I make good, good. He offers to make Ned armor. He's like, I can make you something really nice, but I'm not going to make anything fanciful or garbage. You well, know? luckily so, Ned doesn't give a shit. Well, he was just <laughs> you know looking I mean? for, he was just looking for Ned's for, uh, Robert's bastards. So then he found one. Another favorite thing, uh, house of the dragon. Um, I'm, I'm not even gonna go over plop point by plot point. It was just awesome. Yeah, I awesome. knew exactly what was going to happen at the end of the episode. The best dragon scene. Um, 
as far as like riding a dragon mm-hmm. you got to see how they bonded with the dragon right you know we've never got to see that before and and he happened to be bonding with the biggest dragon there is right now fucking old old nana vagar she's 170 some years a living old. relic yeah she's the last living thing to see old valyria which means nothing to most of you but it was awesome and actually that's not I, I said that myself but actually it's not accurate when i was reading she uh was born on dragonstone really yes so she never saw old Valyria. No. Oh, the only sucks. the only creature to see old Valyria was Valyrian. That was the last creature to see old Valyria. Uh, Vagar and uh, Maraxes were both born on Dragonstone. I love the little detail because she was with the, uh, she was part of the Valerians, mm-hmm. and they're seafaring folk, and they had the the nets where you climbed up on top of her. That's right. such a good. Detail. It was. It was. It really was such a good detail. That was worthy of George R. R. Martin himself. And I think that he probably put that in there. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but it had like a little three-minute scene of the first time this maybe 10, 12-year-old kid is riding a dragon, and it happens to be the biggest dragon on the face of that earth. And he's going over the thing, and there's a scene where they dip down into a valley, and you don't see him anymore. And then they come shooting over it's top of the hill. very so Hollywood, fucking awesome. it's great. You know? It was so fucking awesome. And people were complaining about it being dark. Adjust your TV. Uh, it's like the fucking Long Night episode. I love it. I, I sit down and watch it. I had no problem the seeing time. the Long Night. It's because whenever I get a TV, I adjust the settings, and I can see everything. Or just for that episode turn up the brightness yeah just do that but i just every suck all you got to do is adjust the color it's like you go in you you google the best settings for your tv on google and it will tell you exactly where to put each little thing shut the fuck up <laughs> do a little bit of work that's too right. much for most people though uh, it is apparently run it out of the box and it should work yeah some people don't ever turn off motion smoothing it is the worst feature on tvs it makes everything look like a soap opera right um, I knew exactly what was going to happen at the end of that episode. It makes it so much more fun knowing what's going to happen and how they get there. Um, Amy, you don't think it ruins the surprise? No, no. I, I think mean, I can speak for myself when it comes to that. I I like to see how their how the vision of the director and all that stuff is going to match up to what I've envisioned. And if it matches it really close, you get really excited. Like that's exactly what I thought was you know so. I don't know. That's probably, I don't know if that's, it doesn't bother me knowing. um, I like to see, cause in that book, especially there's not a lot of details between point a and point C. So there's no B. Right. So they get in the show, they give you the B and the, the point B to know how you're getting there. So it doesn't bother me. I love how the, how it happened. I love the goddamn argument in the hall where they, um, where fucking, the Saris is just losing his mind at everybody God. and everybody's losing their minds back at him. They're losing their minds at each other. So bad for him. He's such a nice man uh. and he's just too nice to be a King. Just, you have to have an aloofness from everybody when you're a King, you have to have kindness, but you also have to be not cruel, but you have to be stoic. Stern. Yeah. Stoic and stern when you have to be the one, the, the best example so far as I've read is Baylor Breakspear. He had that. The commons loved him. Because and even other people loved him because he was one thing. It doesn't hurt, and this isn't Varys's fault. He's not a warrior. He Viserys. never was. Um, dude, did I say? You said Varys. I'm sorry. Yeah, Viserys is, was never a warrior. Baylor Breakspear is called Baylor Breakspear because he breaks spears on motherfuckers and he's a badass. That's going to get you points, even in that world. They love athletes. I mean, it's a combination of professional wrestling and sumo. And fucking all kinds of stuff when they're in these tournaments. Like jousting. There are tournament nights, yes. Tournament nights and melee. Like, but there are tournament nights who that's what their occupation is. They go around and 
fucking knock people, other people off their horses and then ransom their armor and their horse back to them. That's part of the thing. And they make their fortune that way. That's what dunk intended to do he's like i can be a tournament he just knight. sucks at the he just joust. Not very, he's, he's not a good joust he's good at melee yeah he just sucks at the joust and he wasn't even terribly good at melee to begin with i mean he's, he's too big for big the joust dude he's too big for the joust well the way he beats arian bright flame is um the guy out he's a better sword fighter so he's beating him he cuts him and he's hurt so he just he's like the best line is he can beat sir duncan but he can't beat dunk from flea bottom yep so he grabs his fucking waist gets him on the ground and picks up his spear and just i mean his shield is bagging his fucking helmet with it and, and he, then he lifts up his fucking his, his visor and he sticks a dirk in it or a dagger he's like yield and the guy's like yield so i mean it's a it, dude he didn't even have to give him the the option to yield he, he didn't just he could have killed him. him and um I, I love the fact that that is eventually going to be a show. There is no way that's not going to be a show. And it's the, going to be very, they, I wouldn't even care if they made it an animated show. I think an animated show would be a good choice. I mean, you would have to make sure the animation is right. That's where you, that's where people make the mistake. I think that the animation for like, what if was a noble effort, but it's too stiff and all kinds of stuff. It's not frenetic enough. Mm-hmm. You'd almost, it'd almost have to be an anime to, 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 Dude. What's that uh, um, like scanner darkly that type of animation? That's that, rotoscoping. I don't. That like, might be kind of cool for that. It would have to be done like heavy metal, right? It would have to be done properly. But man, I mean, uh, rotoscoping has a lot of. It goes from heavy metal and it being okay to the Lord of the Rings that Ralph Bakshi made, which is a complete lump of shit. You know, there's so much, so much room to fuck. That was in 1977, though. Yeah, but man, I'm I'm telling you, <laughs> towards the end. It, I get it. It, it, he wasn't even really fucking trying. The Balrog, you could tell the guy had a fucking fake head on, and he was like, "Like this is completely fucking absurd," you know. But anyway, um, also playing a disc golf tournament today at uh, Redeemer Disc Golf Park in Charleston, the West Virginia yeah. State Bachelor. Championships. Yeah, was that the guy who was announcing? Is that what he sounded like? We didn't really have an announcer. <laughs> I didn't really play all that great, but I had fun. Um, I made a bunch of putts that I didn't a month ago. I wouldn't have made. It's just I've changed my style a little bit. Yeah. Um, My drives were mostly okay. I birdied some holes. Uh, It was fine. I I didn't hate what happened there. And I don't you just love disc golf in the fall? Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, it is the best. Uh, The first round, I wore a sweatshirt and uh, pants, my, my stretchy pants that I wear to work. Second round, I wore exactly what I'm wearing right now. It was 55 degrees, if that. Nice, but it, it just felt nice not not wearing all that stuff. Um, that course is uh, very punishing in some ways. Mm-hmm. Almost every green has like a 45 degree or worse slant right around the basket. Damn. So you can throw a nice upshot and put it right beside the basket, and it just hits a pebble, and it stands up and rolls Yeah, which happened a lot today. It happened like, to me quite a few like times. Like, it lands in a great spot, but rolls 50, 70 feet away. Yeah. That would just drive me. I, I wouldn't have the... I'd really get upset. I can, I can, I can tell that. Like, <laughs> I used to, and it would affect the rest of my holes, and I would go 25 over, right. and it would be embarrassing how right. bad I played. It's almost like... I used to get more upset, but it's almost like the beauty of the sport. Like there's that unpredictability and you have to part of the game is mental and you have to manage like risks mm. of the game. And uh, yeah, it's one when, when things go right. Like it's even a bigger celebration because you know, they can go wrong so right. often. And all yeah. the people that are playing with you, 
you're playing against them, mm. but they're like fist bumping you, patting you on the back, telling you good job. I've never been around yeah. a nicer group of people. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that when I see the videos on YouTube and stuff, everybody's supporting each other. Yeah, we were talking about that today, how like it's unusual. Like if you – like the disc golf, disc golf community, like it's unusual. Like nearly everyone that I've met – in the disc golf community, they come from very, you know, various backgrounds and ages and everything. You've got former athletes, yeah, who are just want to have something to compete at. You've got nerds. Like there were like there was like a twenty year old kid on my card today, and also we have cards with like eighty year old, sixty year old. Yeah. Well, yeah, I played with an eighty year old before. Yeah, really? Yeah, man, but that's uh, impressive. But everyone like it's like almost like whatever differences they people might have. It's all put aside for disc golf, just naturally, and, and everyone supports everybody. And every, you know, it's rare that you find a community where like so many. It seems like most of it, most everybody is really cool and welcoming. Yeah, I've been a part of a lot of different ones: music, uh, sports, all kinds of different sports. The wrestling community, the pro wrestling community in there, and I've never met a nicer bunch of people than the disc golf people. Musicians aren't nice, mostly no. Really? I mean, did you hear the rant I went on a little bit ago? <laughs> I, yeah, but I just thought maybe I don't I'm know. one of the people I would dislike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such an asshole. Yeah, well, I mean, but yeah, everybody's like they cheer for you when you do something good, and they they mourn with you when you do something stupid. And then they're always supportive. Like, hey, like they'll give on, you tips. Get in them the next middle time. Around. Like yeah. it, it was so, like it was so great to see our buddy William from Mount Hope finish runner up. He almost won the state championship in his division. But awesome. 60 something years uh, yeah. old and uh, he's about that tall gray beard he barely talks he's great let he's me wonderful. ask a question do you think if the sport continues to gain traction and get better that that camaraderie will go away i don't know about it on the local level i don't know there, there's just something about it um i don't know I, I would hope it wouldn't lose that it's just um because you know even golf is, oh, is very cutthroat. Yes, yeah. you know, got, like I have got, I have met, not not played with in a group, but I have met some like really huge buttholes with playing playing ball golf, even like at a public course like Summersville. We call it ball golf. Ball golf, yeah. <laughs> um, I was inferring, but uh, like even in a public course like Summersville, there are like the local rich people that think they own everything even though it's a public course they act like it's their private course and they should dictate who gets the who gets to play besides them and and if if they have to like wait on anybody or something they'll they'll file a big complaint and well I, i've got a theory that i just formed this second i think that the reason the way that the the why that is is the formation of the sports in their infancy disc golf is a hippie thing yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, and then golf is an asshole. Rich That's an aristocrat thing. sort yes. of thing. It's an aristocratic dumb well, shit. Well, even today, yeah. like it costs so much more to buy buy your equipment for ball golf, and like even at a even at a public course like Summersville, it's still like for eighteen holes, it's like probably over twenty bucks now. Green fees. This golf is free most places. Yeah, and you just have to buy a few like twenty dollar discs. You can and have play. a perfectly fun time with two discs. I had fun when I played, and you know it's not my thing, really. But I, I can see wh- what it was, and yeah, it's just, it's just got a better feeling. Like I remember going to Hawksnest Golf Course, and those 
especially the the generation, the fucking uh, baby boomer generation, are the worst fucking human beings imaginable. Yeah. I mean, they're and, just the worst. And that sort of ball golf sort of way and mm-hmm. like they they don't want the sport to be welcoming to new people exactly especially let's just get it out on the table minorities stuff like that mm-hmm. i mean the, well the, let's golf uh, is, we, golf. we don't want minorities in our sport either <laughs> golf is ball golf was formed in a in a crucible of aristocracy racism and elitism that's i mean that's the base alloys that go into making that this golf was formed in a park by a dude with a frisbee and and even today there's like there's barriers like poor kids can't really play golf like the way right upper middle class people can right you know that's why tiger woods got good was for spite his dad was gonna make him good good at golf for spite but i i love the fact that like 90% 90% of disc golf courses are in parks, public parks, so it's free to play. You just bring your discs, mm-hmm. bring a few discs, have fun. That's awesome. And the the uh, player pack today for the uh, tournament, it was a, I think we paid $50 to be in the tournament, and you could pick any two discs. Discs? Dicks? <laughs> Freudian. Uh, the, any two discs out of the store, no matter what they cost. And... You said there were some people picking like the cheapest discs, and I was like, if that's what you want, cool. But I went and got the two discs that I wanted, mm-hmm. and they were, and it basically after taxes it paid. I I got two free discs after after taxes. Yeah. You you made a profit today. I, it's like they, <laughs> they were thirty dollars retail, mm-hmm. and so if I just had to go in and buy, I would have spent sixty dollars for both. After tax, 65. And then I paid 50 to enter the tournament. So mm-hmm. I came out ahead and I asked Steve, like the tournament director and the store owner, are you sure this is going? He's like, yeah, that's part of the I state championship. I said any two discs. That's awesome. And uh, and they were two discs like that I've, I've been wanting for a while, but didn't buy because it cost 30 bucks instead of 20, like most. And the other I couldn't even find for like two years. Yeah. But he had it in stock. And it's like, that was awesome. Unexpected. That would walk away with $60. These are two discs that I don't think I can even throw more than 50 feet mm. that he he got. They're like specialty. <laughs> yeah. They're this. it's like they made them just for him. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, it was dope. Would that be one of your favorite things is the, Yeah, uh, definitely and like, you know, luckily like the last few weekends, I've last three or four weekends I've played three last three weekends I've played a disc golf tournament on the weekends. Yeah. And at, at some great courses, and like always enjoy like seeing you know some disc golf buddies and stuff, and um, always always meet new friends, new but new acquaintances every time. Um, so definitely disc golf. Also, my favorite thing I was going to say, and this is kind of a uh, this is kind of different, but um, uh, my favorite thing is having a nice old fashioned phone chat. Hmm. You know, and it's 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 been so long. Like, I can't remember, but this past week, uh, you know, we we live in the like we usually communicate now, text, text, yeah. email, direct messages. You know, right? Uh, I I met a girl from a dating app, and we decided just to have a, a phone chat. And, nice. Uh, it turned into like three and a half hours before we even knew, and it just we like we were having a good time, and just That's good. I, forget, I can't remember how many years it's been since I just had like a nice long phone Was it chat. just phone or did you FaceTime? It was it was just phone, voice. Nice. Even better. I just had an old, old speaker and set it right. there. And um, it's just like I, I've forgotten those days of just, you know, communicating with voice mm-hmm. over phone. Yeah, I used to do that all the time. Wow. <laughs> 
Now, anytime my phone rings, it's uh, somebody from work wanting me to do something. Now, my phone rings, it's a goddamn fucking telemarketer. telemarketer. Scam likely. And I, what if your name is Scam Likely what, and it shows up? On- <laughs> what, what was weird is like, like as I was like talking different times, I'm thinking, "Wow, this is great! I don't have to type an emoji to let you know like <laughs> my t- my tone. Like I don't have to type an emoji." You can just tell. There's so much lost in translation with yeah. with all that stuff, even with all the options with emojis and all that shit. I never type emojis. That's probably why people think I'm always serious. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Well, you're always deadpan. That's true. Um, I mean, even sometimes I'm just like, I wish you would emote more when I do. <laughs> Neat. <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> There's a... Uh, I've been looking at a bunch of the uh, subreddits for Game of Thrones stuff. That's a good place to get theories and wild ass theories. And you ever hear the one that Varys is a merman? Yes, that's a fun one. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, one called Free Folk R slash Free Folk, and they don't give a fuck. They they will leak everything that's supposed to happen on the show mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I like that, and they have the best memes. Um. I don't know, it's been a good uh, good week. My birthday's on Tuesday. I think we're going to go to North Carolina mm. on Monday evening and play disc golf with Adam. Nice. And we're going to stay at his uh, hostel or whatever it is he's got going on. He's got a hostel? He's staying down there in a, like, oh. a, was it a, like a trailer. I, gonna, I thought maybe it's like renting a decked out furnished trailer. Yeah, I think we're going to stay down there on Monday evening. It's going to get there probably 10 o'clock-ish. That's fine. And we're going to go play at this disc golf complex, I think. It's like three different courses on the same property. And then drive back that night, go back to work. Then we got another tournament next weekend in yeah. Ashland, Kentucky. Nice. At a course we've never played before. Never played. <laughs> <laughs> it's but cheap to enter. But it's, that's part of the adventure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, Oftentimes you'll find that you play better when you've never seen a course. Well, I mean, sure. You're getting more of a from-the-hip reaction than you know, going over here in your head and ruining the spontaneity, I guess. Yeah. I'm not sure. Hopefully it's like like me bowling. Yeah. When I first start bowling, I fucking just stroke it. And then when I start thinking about it, do you be stroking? I I be stroking. Do you stroke it to the East? I stroke it to the girl that I like best. Huh. Um, no, but I, I really just come out and start throwing strikes because I'm not thinking about it. But then when I, the more I think about it, the more I play, the worse I get. Most inconsistent bowler that's ever lived. And that's so. what I've, I've noticed about myself. I've been taking these beta blockers uh, before I play in tournaments. Beta blockers just keep you from getting nervous. A lot of performers take them really? before they go on stage. Yeah. Are those prescribed? No, nah, it's just like a, it's a supplement that I got off of okay. Amazon. And I don't know if they're working or not. I have no clue. You've taken them before. I don't know if you noticed any difference. But I have. Maybe it's a placebo effect. I haven't been getting nervous whenever I stepped up, step up to the drive, and my drives have been far better here recently. Um, my putts have been way better recently. I made I made one that I had no business making from like fifty feet straight uphill. If I miss it, if it hits the cage, it's rolling. 200 feet down a hill into a creek <laughs> but it it seemed like the wind just lifted up and put it right over top of the cage and i was, I was like holy shit I, I didn't even try to run that i was just trying to That's lay really up good yeah um i'm just not getting nervous anymore when i play and i'm not getting angry when i do bad i'm just laughing it off before i would get angry and i would bring everybody else down and i don't like doing that like uh i would just get it I would, no, who who's who's uh Brian's, I mean, uh, 
like Shooter McGavin after he's whenever he's having a bad. <laughs> well, no, it's um, it's um, Adam's brother. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Nick, yeah, Nick, Nick, who's Nick, Nick, has wrestling ship. matches with his yeah. bag. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing a hell in a cell in a bag one time <laughs> with his bag one time during a tournament. Oh man, I can't. I mean. I used to get really mad about things like that. And now it's, it's embarrassing thinking about things like that, like losing it like that. So publicly, I remember like, I used to like really be into sports and my favorite sports teams when I was a kid. I remember like letting it affect you. Yeah. Like when the 49ers like lost in the NFC championship to the Cowboys, like it, it, would, just, it, it would bum me and they did a lot. They, it bummed me out. Yeah. So much more than when they won the Super Bowl in 94, like the 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 losses hurt, the, hurt the losses more than hurt, the wins feel good. Yeah, yeah. And just like like looking back now is like how silly, like how insignificant like sports. Really well, I mean, <laughs> what's at stake? Yeah, you know what it is is that you hear have to hear some asshole's mouth. Yeah. You know, how's yeah. your boys doing? <laughs> yeah. you know, that's why I can't I can't relate to that anymore because somebody hit me with that not long ago and said I didn't play the game. You know, yeah. that's what I said. Yeah. They're like, aren't you upset? It's like, no. It's like, yeah, I, I would I have preferred that they win. It, it, but I didn't play the game. It <laughs> used to affect me, like when the Mountaineers would lose. And then I sat and watched the Mountaineers get absolutely whooped last week by Texas. Yeah. And it, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to watch a Game of Thrones theory video. And sure. And for yeah. the rest of the night, it's fine. There's a UFC fight on. Let's catch it, that. Even today, like in this, I was playing today and I played a lot. I played bad. I played a lot worse than I was hoping to play. And like, but like, still, I had a great time, and that like that wipes out all the the bad feelings from playing poorly. Like it's well with me, it's still sometimes this still sometimes happens is it's lifting. If I miss a par, if I miss you know what I'm supposed to do, mm-hmm. and I missed a squat the other day, and it bummed me out, and I was like, wait a second, no, we're not doing this because that starts a fucking downward spiral. You know, can't do that. So, I've told you before. Um, if you're trying, no matter what it is, like if you're trying to do five sets of five at 430 pounds, whatever it is on the squat, and you only get five sets of five or f- four sets of five, and on the fifth set, you can only do it three times, you need to realize that you're in the 1% of people that can do that. Right. Most people can't do that. Right. You know what I mean? 99% of the people on the face of the earth can't do that. But that's one thing that I do, and I don't like this. Is I that understand. I compare myself to Instagram people. And you stuff should like not that. do that. They're people who are on drugs. They're all on drugs. <laughs> and they're in their 20s, mostly. Yeah. It's a different world. But I, every time I say that, I think of the the people who are my age and doing stuff like that. Um, I'm no longer... Um, what is it that I always say? Comparison is the thief, thief of joy. joy. Yeah, that's a good one. There was a guy actually at work that said that he wanted to get that tattoo in his body, and my respect for him went up. It's like I no longer compare myself to anybody. Like the the musician guys I was talking about earlier that play covers and make m- money while I sit here being a creative genius and make nothing. Right. I don't compare myself to Van Gogh. Did not sell a single painting when he was alive. Not a single fucking. I one. got a DM today from a lady that. Uh, Runs a radio station, said they're going to start playing some of my music. That's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, outstanding. Hope they don't listen to this. <laughs> WTSQ. It's the local uh, Charleston charity. Like it, it's, they're not allowed to call their ads ads. They have to call them underwriting people that donate. Um, it's a not, not-for-profit radio show. I've 
or station. I've been on those. It's like radio. NPR kind of stuff. It's sort of like that. Public radio. And they play like from ten to two on Tuesdays. They play only stuff from West Virginia, Kentucky, and Ohio. Awesome. And they're going to start throwing me in the rotation. I was like, sweet. And they have different shows for like different genres of music. Like there's a punk show, uh, radio show some days. There's a folk show. I'm sure jerks have been played. On oh yeah, the jerks yeah. have been in the studio talking. Uh, I've been in the studio with Adam Andrew Atkins. Sorry, uh, you've been in the studio with him before. Um, it's a cool little radio station. You That's can awesome. listen to it on WTSQ.com. And are they uh, the one that's having that building? Yeah, they were. I think they, they moved. I moved. love that building. Mm-hmm. They had their, that building is, is being turned into luxury apartments, and my uh, the place where I work is providing all of the fixtures and plumbing and all that stuff. It's like we're f- making twenty million dollars on that. Oh, <laughs> we, I'm not making any of it. I don't know whether to root for Charleston or not root for Charleston. I don't go there anymore. So, do you think Charleston can become will become gentrified? No, <laughs> like <laughs> Charleston's time is done. Everything is shifting up this way. Fayetteville's oh. in line. Summersville's in line. Golly Bridge is eventually going to turn into something. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. That's going mm. to happen. That is maybe not even in my necessary my lifetime. So it's spreading out from yes, the Charleston it's area. A, no, spreading up from Fayetteville. Oh, it's oh, oh because of the park. Yes, yeah. oh, it's okay. inevitable. So it's like the surrounding areas of Yellowstone. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're not going to not benefit. So you know, yeah, it just depends on how long it takes. You think that'll be a Net positive thing in the end? Net positive, yes, but completely positive, no. Yeah. We're going to get gentrified. Like, it's already happening. Like, you have all these Airbnbs. There's 1,500 Airbnb license in Fayette County alone. Yeah. Rent's going to go up. Probably already yeah, has exactly. to some extent. I'm, we're, you too, we're all lucky. Anybody who owns a house around here, mm-hmm. you've hit the jackpot. Yeah. My Your house, by the time all the shit up. is done, is going to be a Elena, $200,000 house. Aaron and Elena. Oh, God. They fucking hit bro. it. Bro. Yeah. He... That was a genius decision that he just accidentally made buying that house. Forty thousand dollars, eighty, eighty, but it's worth a couple hundred thousand probably now. In a, in two years, it's going to be worth mm. a quarter mil easy. In ten years, it could be even more. Right. You don't you don't know. Mine, we're putting on a deck, river access, redoing a bunch of rooms, all kinds of stuff. The river access will be worth. Yeah, and the river access, I've I've shown Dutch pictures of it and stuff. It's beautiful. It's absolutely cut gorgeous. down all the bamboo, which I didn't necessarily complete. Cut a path. I wanted to do that, but I got voted down. Ten foot path. That was my idea, and put a bench in the middle of it and stuff. I had somebody to do it. It was. It actually became a huge disagreement, but I lost. Did it become a knockdown drag out fight? It got bamboo looks cool. It really does, and especially the way I, I envisioned it. And the guy who was going to come down and do it, it's a guy. He's. My friend Andy, who mm-hmm. you know, he was going to do it. He's a really good, really good worker, and he was going to do it. And I gave him a consultation. I still gave him a hundred dollars just for the consultation. I was like, "Here's a hundred dollars for your time." But then she hired my mom, hired somebody else to do it, and they cut it all down. Don't get me wrong, man. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. I, I sit there. I've got a deck now, and I can sit out there and look at it. Like this is awesome. And by the time we're done with all that stuff, that's going to be a couple, at least a couple hundred thousand dollar house. So. You know, that's that's a good thing. You know, I, I'm benefiting from it, but I do know the downsides that people are going to get priced out of their own neighborhoods. That's going to happen. You know, rents are going to go because they can. You know, so mm. it happened to Harlem of all places. You know, brownstone in Harlem got to be worth millions of dollars, and these people could no longer afford to live. Now, in these Claire homes. and Heathcliff Huxtable can't live there anymore. <laughs> 
They never lived there. I have no idea where they lived. <laughs> they lived like they lived in New York City, but you don't. Know I think where. they lived near. I think they lived in Manhattan. No, it wasn't Manhattan. Is outside. It might have been Philadelphia for all I know, because he always had. It might have been Phil. I think it might have been Philadelphia. Man, America's black guy. I loved. I loved him so much. We all did. He was America's dad. Heartbreaker, and just. Why did those women have to say all those nasty lies about him? Dude, I can't stand people who still defend it. Cause. <laughs> Please know that I'm joking. I think Bill Cosby is a horrible man. I just loved his show when I was a child, and it probably helped me not be racist. It helped a lot of, it helped America, it helped, it helped heal a lot of Americans. When I was growing up, I thought all black people were athletes, doctors, or lawyers. Right. <laughs> because the, the, those positive, are my role models. Positive role models and positive images of the community. That show really helped me appreciate sweaters. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. That, <laughs> I, I have found we're not going to get better than that. that. Thanks for listening. Uh, thank you, JMO, for joining us. Please check out Red Audio's music. And at some point, me and him are going to get back to recording yes. our music. And it's going to be good. Thank you. And go fuck yourself. Oh, we got an ad beforehand? <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be that popular. Okay, we're down with that. Thanks. Goodbye. Goodbye.